then clap sync. Three, two, one. Perfect. Okay. Wow. So allegedly, right before recording, um, I don't know why I said allegedly, but like Elena and I were <laughs> No, allegedly makes it like more mysterious. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like did it happen or did it not happen? I don't know. It's not on file. But uh, Elena said that she was going to tell us her current state. That's all the information you gave. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was important to let everybody on the other side of this recording know. And by that, I mean Zoe and Claire. So you can like, you know, just feel the energy that um, yesterday... I made cookies with the intent of sending them actually to Zoe and James, but then decided after they came out of the oven that they, quote, would not travel well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. since then, I have eaten... McCoy, how many cookies did you have? One. I have eaten all but one of the cookies. There was like 12, right? <laughs> there were... there were Yes, it was a small batch. There were like 12. Baker's Respect. dozen. Wait, dozen, maybe. A dozen-ish. Sure. yeah. But... I am currently, look, I hadn't, I had also been detoxing from sugar prior to that and hadn't really been eating (laughs) sugar. So I'm currently both very hopped up on sugar and extremely crashing from sugar. Nice. I called it earlier today that I said I was having a, quote, sugar event. Oh, you were. Um, (laughs) You would hit hysterical levels, like, that I had not seen in a long time since the detox from sugar. It was just like, hey, Lane, do you want to go on a walk? No! I did get I really, really upset that he suggested I go for a walk with him. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. And this, this is literally how it goes. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm going to go though. And she was like, you're going to go on a walk without me. I was like, whoa, whoa. How do I win this? I can't yeah. win this. So like just an FYI, that's where I'm coming from today. And Got Elena, it. we have right. a perfect event uh, for you that will help you understand what it is you need to do in your life to step forward and to solve your issues. Go to therapy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she's back <laughs> okay. that was amazing nice so wow we're stepping back down into the game here Here's yeah what... sorry we got that out of the side out of the out of this i think it was good to preface way. does anyone else uh, feel like they want to admit to eating something they didn't feel like they should have today like before we get into the podcast um no i i think i think we're we're decent over here <laughs> we're fine <laughs> That's imp- see, I think this is really showing like the distance you. I guess I guess Claire's playing it again, right? But the distance you've had mm-hmm. from finishing it the first time, you're allowed yeah. to breathe, right? Breathe a little in your yeah, soul. Yeah, we were not okay after we finished this. Hard game. same, and we can <laughs> well, we can talk about this, but I was solidly fucked up for probably three mm. or four days after the first time I played this. It was. Mm. I had a case of the morbs that just kept going. I also, Claire, I continue to think about you every time we hit a major milestone in this game and just be like, Claire played this in like 30 hours. (laughs) Like it had been less than 48 hours by the time you finished this. I was like, I can't even imagine that experience. There's only so many times I can say it, but not healthy and not a good way to appreciate a game either. Um, And again, we mentioned before it was, out of like terror of spoilers but wow have i it this game threw me out a window and then hit like it hit me Mm -hmm. and then i got hit by a car and just it was just it was rough yeah it was one of those events where like i don't know why this happens but they like run you over and then they feel the need to like reverse and it's like they're trying to get off you but they're really just running over you a second time and it's just Mm -hmm. like thanks i i distinctly remember i was i was in the car with someone uh probably five or six hours after I finished the game 
burst into tears and she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, it's just so sad. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which I have a very different outlook on the ending of the game now, the second time through. So maybe I can be the, the light of your lives potentially with my positive maybe. energy. Okay. But oh yeah, we weren't, we, we weren't feeling very good um, a couple days after this. Yeah. And yeah, we are yeah. currently in those couple days, I yeah. think, just on the tail end. Mm-hmm. But wow. I, yeah. It's um, powerful things like this, I feel like, make, they put things into perspective. Like, you just sit there and you go back to, like, work or whatever, and you're like, what the fuck? None of this matters. Yeah. Like, whoa. I just need to be as a human right now. You know, you just put your phone <laughs> yeah. down and you just stare. You're like, oh. Right. Yeah. I, it's like, say, like, I obviously have my opinions about the games, but like I have never been like as emotionally affected by a piece of media as what this fucking did to me. And it was rude because it didn't ask permission or anything like that. But oh, it yeah. just, ruined your life. Yes yeah. No. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. So here's what I, what I thought to myself immediately after uh, finishing it. Now it's like, we, we may go into, you know, story and scenes or whatever else, but it was just me sitting there and I, I could not help but be overtaken with the feeling of like, oh, like step one, oh, I understand what this game is. It's a very a weird and late in the cycle of me playing it. It's like the last minute where I'm like, wait, I actually get it now before yeah. I didn't get it, but I get it now. Um, but what I was overwhelmed with is this feeling of like this discussion around whether this game is good is it feels so silly and so shallow and so mm-hmm. like meaningless because for one, yes, this, I mean, it probably is a game, but it's a game with, you know, major components of maybe an artsy movie or a sad story or, narr- you know, it's it really is mm-hmm. way, way more than just did you enjoy the game or not? Is it a good game or not? These questions that are so standard felt so wrong. They felt so like if you're sitting here at the end of this, and I'm sure we will at the end of our podcast, rate this game. And maybe people are just doing that because they were so stunned emotionally that they had to just go with their script. I forgot you're going to have to rate this game. You're going to have to rate this game. but okay. And it's hard. Cool. But Thank you yeah. for the warning. I'm going to start thinking about it. What I mean is like, do you guys know what I'm talking about when it was just like, Absolutely. it just seems silly to have that yeah. discussion. Well, and I feel like maybe one of the questions about this game is like, I mean, obviously, especially if you, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious throughout the game, but as you get to the end in particular, I feel like one of the big questions that the people who made the game would want you to answer is just like were you affected by this game like were you emotionally invested in this game did you were did you leave like at the end of the game did you feel something and if the answer to that is yes then i feel like they succeeded in what they wanted to do with this game whether you think it's good or not i think like they are main that's i'm guess i'm putting words in their mouth but my sense from this game is like if you ended this game being emotionally affected by it and being invested in the story and being sad probably but like maybe happy in a twisted way or something if you but if you had some kind of feeling my sense is that this game succeeded in what it wanted to do yeah and i feel like the the common question that again people always ask when you finish a game is did you enjoy this game right and like True. i feel like this is one of those games where like my appreciate like did you appreciate this game and did you enjoy this game are two very different questions yeah. um because i was just talking to zoe about like I find, and like I've played this twice now, but I would say like the replayability factor of this game is almost like non-existent for me because it's just so emotionally taxing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love the gameplay. I love how creative you can be with how you approach each situation, but the thought of boosting 
it up again and yeah, going exactly. through those same just emotional devastations. It's like, I, I don't know when I'm going to be able to do this next. Um, and that's yeah. definitely a departure from how I felt about the first one where definitely. it's like, it's, it's a more linear story. You have this kind of full circle relationship and I'm like, Every time I finish it, I'm like, oh, man, that was really good. I would play it again, like, next month type thing. But this yep. one. Yep. Ooh. I feel yeah, exactly the same Yeah, it reminds me way. a little bit of something like um, Requi- Re- the movie Requi- Requiem. Jesus. Requiem for a Dream. Nice. Like, mm-hmm. one of those oh, yeah. movies that is just so um, sort of devastating and hard-hitting emotionally. They're like, it's a movie I've only ever seen once, and I never want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's an experience that I've... I'm glad that I had, like, I'm glad that I've seen it and I'm glad I played The Last of Us too. but I don't know that it's, yeah, I'm with you, Claire. I don't know if it's an experience that I'm going to be like, oh, I should really get back to that. Like, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe someday I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to play Last of Us 2 and watch Requiem for a Dream again because, like, I just need to feel things. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. like, but, you know, when you have one of those hard-hitting things, like, you know what you're getting into and it's hard to force yourself to go back through it. Yeah, oh, definitely. And um, I, I've been thinking constantly about Claire's second playthrough through this and just being like, I don't know if I could do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and I, I'm glad that you are. And I feel like, actually, I would be really interested to play maybe the first section again. Maybe mm-hmm. that would really be recontextualized, and I'm sure it all would to some degree. But I yeah, especially that first part, right? Um, yeah, just knowing kind of what the end of Ellie and Joel's story arc really recontextualizes a lot in kind of that first pre-Seattle section, right? And who those people are, you might yeah. know their faces now when you see them, and you might feel differently about their actions and their intentions, and yeah. You know, yeah. And I guess I'm curious, Claire, because I guess I'm thinking about like it, now at least you do know, like you know where the story is going, you know where it's going to mm-hmm. end. I'm curious how much of the impact it took away from the ending or even from the other like really heavy hitting moments in the game. Like, for example, going back to the very, very beginning almost, like when Joel gets killed, I feel like knowing that that's coming reduces mm-hmm. the impact of that and makes it less like, oh, fuck, hard hitting emotional moments. Um I would I would say so while the second time through I didn't have that kind of like I I remember the first time through it was like the first time I've played a game where I've actually audibly gasped mm-hmm. when Abby shoots him in the leg and you're like oh shit this is really yeah. real I remember yeah, the first time not I played through, well. like, I actually gasped the second time through obviously knowing what happens but I think it's really a testament of just how great the acting is that it still just had my emotions in a vice grip, even though I knew exactly what's going to happen. I knew the entire story arc. And mm-hmm. yet still watching it again, I felt those similar feelings of like rage at Abby and disbelief and like bargaining. I went through all of those like <laughs> steps of grief again, it felt sure. like. So in in that way, I actually, I am B. the only soundbite we need for this podcast yeah i am um really glad i played it a second time through because as we know by now i fucking booked it the first time through and i left abby's section super super angry about i've played 10 hours of this 23 hour game as someone who murdered joel's like i'm i was mad as hell but knowing that that was coming this time and knowing it was going to be an extended period, I felt like I was better able to 
go into those sections a little bit more level-headed. It, it did just kind of underline my opinion that Owen is a sack of shit. I will say that. So it's probably <laughs> nice. not 100% what they were going for. Um, but I think it deepened my appreciation um, for certain subtleties in certain sections that I didn't have the first time through. Mm-hmm. Sure. If you're maybe able to see it with a perhaps slightly more open heart. Yeah. Like, um, like I, yeah, like it, it definitely speaks to the, the, the impact of this game. It almost feels like the narrative is really akin to the gore where it's like, it's so intense. The narrative is, it's, it's in your mm-hmm. face so much that like, I knew that guy was going to get his fucking face blown off in front of me, but it doesn't matter. It still hits me, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I can't mm-hmm. stop being hit because it's just such a force. Um, and it's so far beyond, I think, what games typically do. That's um, the thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't think we should talk about it right now, but I think that the gore <laughs> and the gameplay also plays into the impact. that I think there's a, there are lots of things that go into what makes this ending so impactful and what makes the game so kind of emotionally hard-hitting. But I think part of it is the way they make you do fight scenes in this game. And mm-hmm. the level of gore that they make you be a part of, yeah, is my my sense was that that's something I don't. The, we talked about it some last week. The realism of the gore and the violence in this game is kind of above and beyond what you would usually see in video games. It's very different from something like Doom, where there's tons of gore, but it's super not real. This mm-hmm. is like brutally disturbing um, violence, and you're pressing the buttons and you're a part of it. And I think that has a part of what makes this game so kind of like mm-hmm. impactful and yucky sure. and sure. disturbing to play through the end. Yeah. yeah. We can talk about that more when we get to the actual, when we talk about the actual end. But definitely like there's been all sorts of parts that are, I mean, in both the, the Ellie Abby fights, right. They're just really intense. It just feels so mm-hmm. weird to be on a side and like causing damage and hurt in that way it just feels so crazy yeah but this last one in particular i didn't watch a good portion of the very very end of this game because mm-hmm. i was just like fuck that yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just the noises alone and knowing like you know you like put your like, put the blanket up above your eyes and you can like, yeah. like kind of like glance out every now and then to yeah. see what's happening and you're like oh shit i don't want to see that and you put it back that's yeah. what I did for most of the last part of this game because I was just like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. And you could like hear the sounds and you knew what was going on, but it was, it was yucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do we want to maybe talk about the lead up to that section? Because yeah, I, I sure. do think that is a really great dis- discussion point to be had. I have a lot of notes about just that per- last impactful fight scene a lot, but... I guess the situation leading up to this is also like very, um, it's very, it's a different tone again from what mm-hmm. we've been playing so far. We're in a new location, Santa mm-hmm. Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of want to talk about how fitting I see the setting of Santa Barbara being for this final showdown in the sense that I think it was intentional in that they just wanted it to be a place of just heat and dryness and ruggedness and yeah. 
I don't know, you're playing as Ellie. She has like really sunburnt shoulders. Oh. As yeah. She, yeah, that that girl. Oh, I guess there's no sunscreen in the in the apocalypse. Yeah, she's yeah. very like. I was thinking about she's this. Very like, tan. I was thinking about like what are the things that you could. It's a small tangent, but like what are the things that you could actually pick up if it's been 20 years since like real production? And obviously, thanks to this game, has taught me that all the condoms expired, every one of them. <laughs> um, but I was thinking like sunscreen too. McCoy maybe like this up by the way, like once a day. Ever since we started playing the game, he's like. Why don't they use any, I mean, just like, come on, guys. Like, well, I was like, there are other protection. techniques that they could use. But, that's, but no, yeah. but it was really hilarious. He's like, we were having a discussion last time, and I thought about saying this, and I was like, this is like kind of dumb. And it's still dumb, but I'm saying it now. Um, but it was just <laughs> like, no, you, you guys got to understand the differences between the, the, the pregnancy killings, and they are different. And I actually think it was a great discussion about the difference in who knows what and et cetera. But I was thinking, like, I think just, I mean, honestly, half the women in this universe appear to be pregnant. They, we just don't know yet. <laughs> so, like, you're probably, she's probably killed like 10 people that are pregnant already. Um, without even knowing they Fair just aren't point. main story characters so you know that's, yeah. th that's my hard hitting analysis Thank I really you, felt like I boy. got to the level that I needed to on that one but, <laughs> but yeah so they also did a very similar sort of gameplay thing to the final section uh, the, the the hospital right of mm -hmm. Last of Us 1 mm -hmm. where they give you like a super weapon in this case it's not just a super weapon it's like a silenced super weapon yeah. which is pretty sick silenced AK yeah. it's yeah. pretty it's pretty cool it's, it's pretty nice. cool can we can we talk briefly about the cutscene where she gets the silenced AK? Because at this point of of the game, I am well and truly emotionally devastated. And that little cutscene where she gets caught in the trap and the two rattlers come oh, and get her. Yeah. That was yeah. such just kind of a nice little reminder of like, oh, like Ellie's a little shit. It's like she knows exactly what she's doing in that situation, goading him into that into kind of it reminded me a battle me, she can win. Yeah, it reminded yeah. me Claire of that mo of you one of your favorite moments from Last of Us 1 where she yes. essentially bite she bite his finger off or just bite him. She bites his finger. Um, David's finger. In, yeah, from the, yeah, yeah, from she, the jail cell. Yeah, from the jail cell. Right. And she's like, you can tell him, like, you know, Ellie. Like, Ellie's a little That's girl. Like, it reminds exactly. me a little bit of that yeah. same yeah. vibe of her character. Yes. Just kind of, like, yeah. sassy and just yeah i think you use it the word just feral like, a lot but just yeah like, mm -hmm. she's out there she's fucking so with people on the ground just laughing maniacally being like huh yeah you're a little bitch <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly bitch. and like kind of going back to the scene at the very beginning when she's in seattle and she has the the, the first uh wlf guy the guy with the scar on his face and she's like yeah i just had to look for someone with a bitch scar on his face i'm like oh yeah. ellie's back <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's yeah. got kind of a, I mean, I guess the more we play as her, the more I'm like, this is a disturbing world. And like, yeah. even that scene where she gets um, strung up and then she like fly, like, you know, like swings into a branch, which Ooh. punctures her yeah. in a very Joel-esque puncture wound. Yes. Oh, um, and then she's like bleeding out and there's a clicker hanging there and then the guys come and cut her down. But then the way she gets out of that, right, where she like shoves that guy into a clicker. I mean, that's mm -hmm. brutal and disturbing. And she's just yeah. kind of giggling at the end of it. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this girl is messed up. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but I know it took me to fully two games to get there. But I was like, yo, guys, like, she's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, the fact it's... that she just, like, willingly took, a, like, an additional bite on her hand. Because she's like, yeah. I don't have anything fucking to lose. It's not going to happen. It's like, yeah. the yeah. fact that that yeah. was, like, her strategy. I'm like, okay, so you're a little far gone. I'm a little nervous. Well, she, yeah. she's weaponized her immunity in the past, especially with David. Yeah, and, okay. and with Nora. 
Yeah, and and with Nora for that matter. So she's always mm-hmm. kind of used this immunity mm-hmm. as a weapon. So it was a, a nice little callback to that. Um, but it's just kind of funny how she like doesn't even notice she really got bit on the hand until the one guy that she's you know cornered is just like, Jesus you got Christ. bit. You yeah. you only have a little bit left. Yeah. Like you you want to know where where Abby is, right? Like she's, and like, she's just like, what if he gives a fuck? And like well, the yeah. way that she, she responds, kind of glances mm-hmm. down and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, also though, I will think of, like one hilarious video game moment later. There is someone, and I swear to God, I'm like holding a gun, like doing some sort of back flip or something like very acrobatic and this guy's like she's bit do you see that i'm like how the fuck do you see that i don't know like I don't yeah, know if that yeah, was... yeah. <laughs> come on man that's the first thing you see is that i'm yeah. bit on my fucking gun and okay whatever all right we out here um but yeah definitely she just she she has always had a way of diffusing the emotions of the situation by like not taking it seriously almost and mm-hmm. she's like at her end yeah, I mean, that. definitely we've known throughout the games and even like when you play the DLC for Last of Us 1, the Left Behind DLC, you can see like it started when she was younger that like humor is kind of a defense mechanism for her and she uses that. But um, yeah, that that scene with those guys and just the way she dispatches of them left me being like, oh, like yeah. we, the, she needs help. Like she's <laughs> wow, not okay. Again, like we knew the whole time that she's not okay, but to like for something about that, I was like, oh, this is not good, guys. Like she's really I, lost it. Yeah, I think part of maybe what kind of diffused that for me is because I think the rattlers are kind of one of the first in-game enemies we're seeing in part two, in which they are not attempted to be humanized in any mm-hmm. way. Right. So it's like just from that conversation, you just get a vibe of some really unsavory shit going on. So it was one of those things for me. I didn't see it in the same way um, as Elena, but it was just kind of just for me, one of those like moral guilt free, like, oh good, they got what they deserve type thing. Cause there was something like super menacing about, I think the way they talked and the the way like they carried themselves and whatever. At this point, we don't know what's going on at their base type thing where right. I, I kind of took that as like, oh God, some blessed, like blessed, like moral guilt free, like video game stuff I can do right now. Cause these guys seem fucked up. Yeah. yeah. I think I may even said that out loud as we were playing. I was like, look, it was like essentially the game being like, do you just want some like bad, bad guys? Yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah. some guys that you can just yeah. kill mercilessly and not feel bad about it and not morally question it and not think too much about it. Like, this section to me in some ways felt like the most sort of, like, video gamey section. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I think my... And I at first, I, I didn't quite like that. When we first started playing this section, I was like, this doesn't make sense to me. It's like this weird other enemy that they just threw in here. And, like, you're in this whole... And, like, what's... Well, how are they going to wrap this up? Um, and I, I didn't know how long it was going to last. That was my other concern. I was like, do we have, like, 10 more hours where they try and, like, really flesh out this these bad guys? And, like, we have to do this whole story now? Mm-hmm. Um, which they don't do. And I... I've changed my thinking from not liking it and not being impressed with it to be thinking that it's a good sort of trick almost on the player. I think it's almost a sigh of relief when you're playing through it. It feels a little bit Last of Us 1-y. You're like, oh yeah, I'm just going to go kill these bad guys. Like it's battle sequences. This is great, mm-hmm. you know, taking them out. And then it hits you with the ending and it's really fucking harsh. So I right. think it takes away like some all that like kind of emotional stuff and the moral questioning and it's like it's not so it's not the story game it's just like kill these bad guys get through this you know game part yes, sure 
Um, it kind of like lulls you in a little bit. I will say that I think there was maybe one note where they tried to humanize him a little bit. I think I found, but I promptly put it down because I wasn't just not yeah, down I'm not sure for that. I don't think they can again. help themselves at this but, point. But actually, I would say what's very unique about this section, despite it being the most video gamey and despite it being so reminiscent of other games, which I totally agree with all that, this is the first time that you are just ruthlessly killing a bunch of people for not good, but mm -hmm. for killing. You're killing mm -hmm. so that you can do the killing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like a very different intention uh, and goal. That's true. We did say that to each other as we were playing it like three or four times. We're like, so wait, are we just killing all these people to go yes. kill Abby? Like, is that <laughs> yes. our end goal here? Yes. Um, Definitely. We kept like saying it to each other to check in being like, is that what's happening right now? Because that's crazy. Yeah, and, and, and to think of how many different ways it could have played out, and of course you're running these scenarios in your head as you're thinking who's left in this story to die, but it's like, you know, what if Abby's already dead when you get there, and she almost is for that matter, um, but like, you know, there's so many ways this could be unsatisfying, and it's cl so clear that the wheels are coming off the bus, bike, whatever the fuck the metaphor is here, and you're like, Ellie might I not even make boat. it. Yeah, the wheels are coming off the boat. There, the wheels are coming on the boat. I don't know. Yeah, so you're just sitting there, and there's a lot of different ways that you're thinking maybe she doesn't make it all the way, or maybe Abby's already dead when she does get there, and you just start to realize like this is um, bad to say the least. It's bad, and you just can feel it's gonna be bad. I don't mean bad from like an enjoyment standpoint. I mean bad from like an outcome standpoint. Like mm -hmm. like no good is coming of this it feels like maybe maybe they can pull it off but maybe this is just true sorrow for everyone and then they do kind of pull it off and it ends up being true sorrow for everyone <laughs> i would say um but... yeah it, it is it is really interesting uh in, in that aspect and i think like even when ellie is packing up to leaving i think dina even tells her something like you know she she's gonna die like abby's gonna die out there mm -hmm. like yeah. you know, she she won't survive long like why can't you just let her be? And and Ellie's just always like, no, like, no, I, I got to go out there. I've got to find her. I've got to finish this. Um, and in a way, also, when she's talking to those two rattlers that she kills and, you know, they, they let her know, like, oh, she's in this, you know, this prison camp, like with this in this uh, gold domed building or whatever. It's circular mm -hmm. dome building. Uh in a way, I thought it was so well acted because you can also kind of just see a slight worry in Ellie's expression of like, kind of just kind of like, I, I hope she's okay so I can kill her yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Like, she does have that kind of, that that slight expression of like, she better be okay because I'm going to finish her. Yeah, Something, she even yeah. says oh, that God. a couple times as you're going through it. It's like one of her combat dialogue things of like, Abby, you better be fucking, like, and there's like a couple yeah. of those things where, yeah. Yeah. Um. I think something I found interesting the second playthrough, I was more worried about Ellie's mortality the second playthrough than I was oh. the first. Because maybe when I was playing through the first time, I'm like, I incorrectly was like, oh, they wouldn't kill Ellie because they totally would. Let's not pretend that <laughs> right. anyone's off the right, table. Totally. But the second time around, I'm like, she, she's like losing blood. She's a hot yeah. Yeah, damn she's not looking mess. Good at the end of it. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, she is a hot mess and she's still just going forward and just like oh yeah this is this is an illness at this point it's like oh, when, yeah. when when dina can say and I, I like her her line where she says like abby doesn't get to be more important than your family and that even that doesn't get through to ellie oh, where you're yeah. just like oh yeah she's far gone and like this is yeah. something where you get the impression that she doesn't care about her own well-being at this point because 
girl, you're yeah. looking rough. And and ex- right, and that's Go ahead. that's the that's just kind of I think again like further emphasized with the environment of Santa Barbara, right? Mm-hmm. Just this hot like just both Abby and Ellie in those scenes are so worse for wear. And like, I think they did Abby's character in Santa Barbara so damn well, just in terms of just showing the tribulations that she has gone through now. Like she's got her, basically, like both of them nearly have, well, actually I'll say Abby has her entire identity stripped from her. Mm -hmm. She's, Mm -hmm got her braid cut off, a braid that she has been growing since fucking forever, as we see in flashbacks. She's lost her muscle. Like Her face just looks different. Yeah, she looks very gaunt. She looks very gaunt. She's lost her muscle. She's lost her tribe in the WLF. And the fireflies. And the fireflies, Mm -hmm. because she was down there to get the fireflies. And I think it kind of shows that the Rattlers maybe wiped out the fireflies, perhaps. My understanding was that there weren't any actual fireflies. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. the thing that. is, like, Abby's identity is completely stripped from her at this point. She is left with nearly nothing save for Lev. Lev is, like, her right. only driver at this point. And Ellie is getting there. Like, mm-hmm. Ellie is also starting to lose everything that made her her. But she still still has a little bit of that humanity, which, you know, is also why that final fight scene is so impactful um i don't know because in a way that that final showdown i saw was also just the as at least me as a player trying to battle to keep ellie's last shred of personality and innocence left like i was like please don't go through with this like you have you've lost so much but please don't lose this part of you too in carrying this out at the same time i i guess i thought of ellie at this point as being like similarly if not more i guess similarly gone compared to abby because i mean i know so abby has sort of had everyone that she has ever cared about just killed basically mostly by ellie they would they all they've all been killed they're all gone um but ellie's i made not everyone's been killed but she's made choices that have removed them from her lives like when she leaves dina dina's like i'm not fucking doing this shit again like you're gone you're gone mm-hmm. um and Ellie accepts that. And I think she's left Jackson. Like, Jesse's been killed. Joel's been killed. I guess she would still have Tommy. But at two, I think the just the state that you see her in and, like, the... Again, to me, that moment where she shoved that guy into the click, like, that that was really disturbing to me. And I was like, this is a brutal way of killing someone. And I get it's your only way out. But, like, that's rough, man. Um, and the just the amount... This, I, to me, she seemed, like, similarly gone, I guess, is all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a lot tethering her to reality or to, like, the living world anymore at this point. Like, she's kind of... She's chosen this revenge thing, and that is all that she's going for. Like, she strikes me yeah. as someone who has made up her mind, and she's now been stabbed in the side and given herself stitches, and, like, she doesn't give a fuck. She's going to finish this. Yeah, and um, I think that's that's something where that's another time I'm really thankful for like the journal that you keep and you get kind of an idea of her running monologue during this thing and I, I'm remembering it's like she's holed up in she's writing like she's holed up in a basement waiting for like a horde of uh, infected to go by and I think there is a sense of like still that like it in 
uncertainty of like, did I make the right choice? It's like JJ's at home. Like I really miss him. Is this, Mm -hmm. but I think it does go to show it's just like Joel's chapter in her life isn't done. Like, so it's, it's something where I think, I don't think she doesn't acknowledge what she's left behind or show any kind of, um, I don't, I think she's conflicted in that way, but not enough to stop her from going on this basically suicide mission to California. Yeah. I will say McCoy once the beginning of section said, Hey, I think we're supposed to read the journal. It's like what they've been saying in the podcast. So he read the journal once. And then why would you dare give that up? (laughs) That's been my my dirty secret. I just think that really says a lot about our playthrough. Oh my God. You fucking dare. I told you not to mention this on the podcast. You didn't tell me that. Did you tell me You didn't ask for the, yes, I did. And you did not ask for the journal even one time. I didn't remember you had told, I didn't know it was a secret. We're airing the dirty laundry. But I'm a little bit tempted to boot up New Game Plus and just see if we can flip through the journal. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really, and I've mentioned it a billion times before, but I really think the journal did a really good job of that, the re- like, subtle behind-the-scenes storytelling that sets, like, the emotional um, stage for events when you have so much kind of narrative space to cover and you need to make this not a 60-hour right. game. Mm-hmm. Right. I do feel like a lot of kind of the emotional plot was driven at times through this journal so i think it's it's worth a read it's interesting and it's maybe not a discussion we want to have right now but i think that that journal too and then okay there's a whole discussion about things that are optional in games and i don't know that we're Mm -hmm. gonna we want to get into it but making that journal an optional thing that you could either look at or not look at um means that some people completely missed that part of the storytelling because they're Here wonderful partners who I think may kill me after this podcast. I love how <laughs> you don't hear from just, me just again. Just the way you describe it <laughs> as if like we parties. did not cooperatively play the game. I know, as if you but, had okay, no responsibility okay. No, I take for resp- not. I'm taking responsibility too. I'm just saying. So making that journal optional and not making it so people could miss that part. And then I think that kind of coupled with the amount of ground that this game was trying to cover narratively and even just the span of time mm-hmm. is sort of one of the things that I think when we come down to like reading this game that I might have some complaints about. Um, so I think it's interesting that we didn't really use the journal and that I kind of have some questions about how well the game navigated that just he- the huge undertaking that they took on versus mm-hmm. Claire it sounds like you had a different experience because you read the journal. Yeah in the, the journal actually in the end kind of affected my interpretation of the ending too. So that's probably, uh, well, we'll get to hear about that in a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So just because I can, I'll transition away from the journal to save face. Um, (laughs) but I did want to talk about very specifically, uh, when one of the earlier podcasts, perhaps the first podcast, um, we were talking about, and I think specifically I was talking about like just the, maybe the aimlessness of Jackson and what it is to exist there and how it felt like all the parts of society that I personally don't like, that everyone else, everyone else likes, you know, the romance and the drama and all that, was really rearing its head. I would consider it an ugly head. Maybe you consider it a beautiful head. Fair enough. Um, but it felt like, and I think I remember saying, like, it felt like Ellie didn't have purpose. And I remember you guys being like, interesting, you should say that, mm-hmm. and and leaving it there. But definitely, like here, kind of the main point that they try to take away, and they definitely th- show through that that flashback uh, with Joel, the is fi- like... The final flashback. The final flashback with Joel oh, which is... Which was heart-wrenching. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, just everyone knows where I'm going, but yeah, the point is that she found purpose and that's why she gave up everything is because she needed purpose as opposed to. I mean, she found purpose in avenging Joel's death, but I don't know that she found the purpose that she wanted. Well, who knows if she found what she wanted or if anyone could have any good outcome at all or any positive, you know. It's kind of just a sad state of affairs. Yeah, I remember you were like, well, I knew when we started. This is what you said to me. When I knew we started, nothing good was going to come of this. And I remember you saying that at first and me being like, plenty of good can come from this. And then at the end being like, I'm not sure if any good come, maybe a little, but like (laughs) barely. (laughs) You were fucking right. So, yeah. But that's, that's, I think, how I would contextualize like her um, just sole purpose and focus on this task of killing Abby, specifically herself, in the way that she wants to, um, is because she just finally found that purpose that she was lacking when she was, like, the chosen one slash the savior of of everything mm-hmm. back in the previous game. And I think that when she says, you robbed me of that, right? Like, it's so clear she wanted that purpose again. And so while this doesn't save everyone, it still clearly slots into that for her. And mm-hmm. she kind of needs that after it's mm-hmm. been established in her life. I th- I also see it as her her um I I guess her her goal is also just kind of to try in some way to gain Joel's forgiveness mm-hmm. in a way because yeah. I don't think she mm-hmm. feels like she can ever uh she can ever gain his forgiveness after what she what she said to him as their final words you know where she just says you know. I think she says herself, I don't think I can ever forgive you, but like, I'll, I'll try. Yeah. I'd like to try. try. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's how it, it leaves there. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and so those words probably haunt her so much. And now she feels so responsible in a way to like contributing to his death almost. Yeah. Um, not, not, mean, what do you mean by not, that? not contributing, but like, Contributing to his suffering in his final moments, yeah, perhaps. that's what I mean. Like, his final feeling, like, his final being is, like, just so not right with the world and not right with her and not right with everything. Like, it just feels like such a sad way to end your existence. That's really interesting because I, I took it as kind of more of a bittersweet end to that conversation because I think a lot of the flashbacks um, with Joel and Ellie before that, it's like you have the nice, um, beautiful museum scene, sure. but the ones you get after that, it's the creation and deepening of the schism between them. Right. Um, and I just, I personally kind of looked at this last cut scene and I see the beginning of the first steps of mending that relationship where she really is able. I, I like this scene for two reasons. She's able to vocalize why it meant so much. Like I think just the lines, it's like my life would have fucking mattered. Mm-hmm. And do you think about her backstory and the people she's lost along the lines, like all along the, the, the plot. And you're like, yeah, I can see exactly like that is right. your reason of being is you're this cure. But I also like that Joel had the, he had the option and he said it. He's like, if, the Lord gave me this chance again. It's like, I would do the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just such a, I really appreciated just them finally getting miscommunication is one of my most frustrated, like tropes (laughs) in media. It's all over the fucking place. It's a huge story device. And it's like, dude, just talk to each other. And this entire movie doesn't have to happen. And nine of your friends can live. 
<laughs> exactly. So, and I think the some of the, the the beginning flashbacks we have with Ellie and Joel, we don't see them meeting in the middle. It's like in the kind of the hotel flashback, he's kind of like, okay, are you done? It's like, we're going through this again, really, type thing. Um, and then in the, the, the later flashbacks, it's like, it doesn't really seem like Ellie's getting giving him a chance to do anything. She's completely pulled away. So I think this, that final flashback, which I'm suing for emotional damages, because what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I, I saw that as really kind of this bittersweet, this beginning of coming to together again they're just going to have a lot of conversations but i think there was that promise of okay i would like to try and it's like he's unapologetic and it's like okay but i think we can work through this And i think that's what makes the emotional drive of after he dies and her obsession with getting abby so much more poignant because this isn't just like necessarily like oh this is a destroyed relationship and you killed my father figure she's like Mm -hmm. we were going to make this work we were going to figure this out. And now Ellie's dealing with both the wasted years in which she held him at arm's distance, but she's also dealing with the fact that she's like, we hadn't, I don't know. I, I, I took it as a, a lot more um, uplifting is not the right word, but a lot more hopeful. Po- hopeful. Okay. The, 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 seed, um, the seed was planted yeah. to perhaps and regrow their relationship, you, but it was never sown. It, right, it, it right, didn't have the I'm ability saying. to be sown. That's, but if you that, if you remember in the first section, Ellie tells Zena, yeah, Joel's coming over and we're watching a movie tonight. And obviously that doesn't happen. But that wouldn't happen if they were keeping each other at arm's length. That's the beginning oh, of a reconciliation that never got to happen, which hits you in the soul, but yeah. also right. contextualizes her drive for revenge. Um, because I do think Abby's just like the perfect face of she's the person who did this, but I think there's a certain amount of self-loathing that goes with that too. Just like, mm-hmm. I wasted this time. Did he know how much I loved him? That type of stuff, just that mm-hmm. self-doubt. Um, so I think um, I really appreciated that last kind of bit of context just because when you're going through the entire game just being like, oh my God, Ellie's last words to Joel were horrible. That was not good for my health. Mm-hmm. But just having that tiny little, tiny little uptick went a long way for me. Yeah. But but it but it but it falls short, right? Of what the the dream would be of like, you know, like it, when you described it as like these are the first steps towards mending this. Like I totally agree with they, they weren't the final steps, you know? And so they just leads you right yeah. in the middle of that process that, that never happens. So yeah, I really like what you're saying where it like, it really does change it. You're right. Such a subtle, are you before this mending happens or are you right in the beginning of that process really mm-hmm. does change how you look at it. Um, But definitely either way, it's devastating because really it never gets it, to play out. I found it kind of comforting. Really? I have sort of mm-hmm. a different read on it, and I'm not quite sure how to explain it. I've been thinking about it. Because for most of the game, you think that their last words were whatever she yelled at him right before, right, or right after yeah. that fight in the dance hall thing, which was, like, obviously bad. Um, where she's, I don't remember what even what she says, but it's not good. She's like, I don't I don't need you. Yeah. Like, yeah. stop like, trying yeah. to be a part It's, like, of a life. very clear, yeah. fuck you, I hate you, yeah. I'm a teenager, you're the worst kind of moment. Which is like everyone's worst nightmare of the wor- the last yeah. thing they say to someone they love, right? It's like why 
some couples are like, yeah, we'll always, you know, say like, I love you before you leave the house or like, whatever, like whatever your little rituals are, or make sure it doesn't afraid. happen to you. Like that's everyone's right. okay. worst night. Not maybe not worst nightmare, but no one wants that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw it. And then so the very end of the game, when they give you the scene, it feels like a, like a gift to you of being like, it didn't end yeah. like that. They were fine. I think they reached an understanding in this scene. I think it was partially mm-hmm. just the way it was acted that they're after Joel says, you know, if I if if I had to do it again, I would do it the exact same way. There's like this pause with Ellie, and I feel like she kind of is like, "All right, yeah, I get it." Like she kind of accepts mm-hmm. that, and she says she was she wants to try and would love to try and forgive him, even if she can't. And it feels like they kind of like, look, I, I get it's like relationships are a long journey, but I feel like in that moment, like they were okay with each other, and they they come to accept it, and that to me was very comforting. Yeah. I, agree. I also hundred percent on that side. In like a morbid way, I cannot keep going back in my own mind to this rationalization that may or may not be a thing. But that in the moment when Joel actually dies, right? And he's getting beaten to death by Abby with a fucking a golf club, like Ellie is there and she's screaming mm-hmm. for her not mm-hmm. to do it and for them to stop. And I feel like at that also to me is a moment of like Ellie came back for you. She's there yeah. and she's like very upset about this. Yeah. And I know that seems yeah. kind of like, I mean, very upset is like kind of a trite way to explain what she was feeling in that moment. But those two scenes coupled together of them kind of having this moment of understanding and her being there and being like, what the fuck is going on to me? Say that like Joel, Joel died knowing that she loves him. And that yeah. she was okay with him and that she would have done anything for him as she's doing now and kind of a very Joel-esque homage to him. She's like killing a bajillion people in an mm-hmm. effort to sort of... <laughs> say, Look, I'm not, just like you, ha- Dad. I killed 100 people. Yeah, I mean, but it's not save <laughs> him this time. It's kind of like save them, like save their relationship and, and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. It harkens to the Pearl Jam song that they sang throughout um, Stab me in the heart. I really, right. I really, so I was just like, please, God, just reference a random Pearl Jam song because the, um, that would just, that would really make my day. But keep right. going. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like the lyrics to that song that she and Joel sing, the the main, the the main starting line is just, if I ever were to lose you, yeah. I'd probably lose myself. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. like, that is just the actual culmination of what is happening yeah. right yep. now. Which, of like, yeah. Yeah, she's lost Joel, and she's getting dangerously close yeah. now to yeah. losing herself. Absolutely. Does anybody remember? This is way too long ago for me to remember. Do they sing that song before Joel dies? In guitar, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if or, so, Joel right? plays it for yeah. Ellie, yeah. like before in the, first the scene, scene of the where game. he yeah, dies. He right? opens with yeah. it basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. In yeah. that case, it's unfor- we should have seen this coming, guys. Like that. Well, not but it's the. Re- it's, I mean, I could see I that, but it is the reverse. We, none of us were like. It is the Here reverse. we go. And it's it's interesting <laughs> to me because I think like it seems like we're coming down on this idea of like she almost lost herself, but there was a little bit left and I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean the ending is unclear, and I think Claire will help us with the journal. But it, I certainly will. It sounds like we're ready to actually <laughs> talk There's about There's a part of me here. Like she writes in the fucking journal. <laughs> <laughs> I am still so- human. <laughs> Are we ready to talk about that final fight? I think though, we're ready to talk about that final fight. Because basically you fight your way through 
and kill essentially everybody at this clearly awful, horrible slave owned slave trading, just like really bad, bad guy camp. Well, okay, yeah. okay, wait, sorry. I guess one more thing I would add before that is okay. just there is this glimmer of hope and positivity when you're interacting with the radio and trying to find the fireflies, mm. and on the last frequency, you get a response. When you're playing as Abby, when you're and they as fucking Abby. guys. They fucking play the Last of Us theme. They made you wait all game. Oh yeah, and they played for Abby specifically. <laughs> and just a tiny correctly. bit, right? It's like not even the full thing. It's just like a little hint in the background of the Last of Us Firefly or the the Last of Us One theme song, and it's for Abby. Essentially, yeah. Abby and Lev are kind of the. Yes, I kind of saw agreed. that that Santa Barbara scene with at least the beginning with Abby and Lev is like this is the no, new Joel and Ellie. Yeah, and like, don't say that sacrilege around me. <laughs> Claire's not on board I, with that I, I really, theory. It's like, it's like beyond parallels, I feel like, in this game, right? Like, there's so many cases of, like, even back when you're in that fucking whatever hotel, tall building that you, like, yeah. crawled across... Um, oh, then, God. you know, it's like they're doing all the zombie stuff that you would expect. Like you're teaching humor mm-hmm. to let like there's so many examples of this parallel that it's 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 like pronounced. Like, yeah, like, I mean, this game is parallels on parallels and I agree. No, but some of them are that like one. that was a nice parallel. But this one is like I, I agree with what Zoe's saying in the sense of like it, it, they really do take the place of Joel and Ellie, whether you whether you're willing to give them that space in your heart or not is up to you. But they're clearly positioning them as such. Yeah, and and like and they're they're also getting those uh, kind of voice cues that happened in Last of Us One as well. I think like there's a house you go into and you go in and there's a kid's bedroom that's painted like a jungle, mm-hmm. right. and Lev is, Lev is a lot like the young Ellie in that Ellie never got to be outside of the quarantine zone. So everything in the outside world, she isn't quite, uh, she doesn't quite know everything. Same as Lev, who grew, grows up in this. Um, I don't want to say sheltered cult. It's just more of a cult that refuses to use technology. Yeah, it's like they're Luddites. Yeah, and yeah. they yeah they're against anything from the old world. So yeah, the new world that they're against. Right. Yeah, that one. Um, Maybe both. I don't know. They, yeah, I think yeah, they I called think it they the say old world. the old world because yeah. I think at one point Abby oh, picks something up and either Lev yeah. or Yara is like, we can't touch that. That's from the old world. And yeah, <laughs> Abby doesn't yeah. like get your shit together. We need ammo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it might as well have been like a fucking like chain gun or something that she picked up on the mm-hmm. ground was, i think it was like a flashlight or something but yeah right but uh yeah so like i in those cases though like you know when lev is asking about why do kids paint their bedrooms like what right. is the point and abby's yeah. explaining like that also was just this like cute little tidbit of like oh my god i'm getting nostalgic all of a sudden yeah. like and of course, you know they they get the radio signal from the fireflies, and for some reason, I still was like, "We're we're not out of this yet." Yeah. I don't. There's no I out of this. Don't believe that they just go off to the fireflies. Yeah, it's interesting because at that point too, I mean, I really had no concept of how much longer we had to play. So I was like, "Well, can that kind of make sense?" Like Abby goes to the fireflies, and maybe Ellie finds her there. Like I, I could have seen it all going that way, but yeah, you kind of don't trust it. Then fucking 
Guy Fieri dumps you <laughs> yeah. outside the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's Travis Willingham. I am, there's like an 80% chance that's actually Travis Willingham, who's Laura Bailey's husband. I'm like, oh, hey, dude. Yeah, he's oh, definitely, they're all, he's definitely in the game somewhere. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of critical role people in this game. They're all scene. in the game, essentially. Yeah. We watched, this is another thing that I will say, we watched all of the credits, and it was just because. Wait, don't talk about this yet. We should talk about this at the very end. Okay. Didn't feel like I was like segueing rice nicely into that one. Didn't feel but like I, I I'm really stopping had... your segue because I think it's wrong. <sighs> We didn't watch the credits at the end. No, no, you don't have to deny it. We're just going to come back to it later. Okay, no, but there was a glimmer of hope here um, for a little bit. And it's, and by the way, also this section, while it is, um, as I always pointed out before, like very hot and, and dusty and dirty, um, at least for a moment, it's light and almost joyous in how daytime it is, how much not yeah. it's like a torturous nighttime mm-hmm. scene. It feels yeah. like there is a new day. It's not raining. Yeah, say it's not raining. Right. And again, they play that Last of Us one thing, and you're like, oh fuck. At least I, I had been waiting all game for that. I kept being like, when are they gonna play this? Like it has, it has to happen at some point. They're gonna play the Last of Us one theme, and it's about halfway through. I was like, they're gonna do it during one of Abby's sections just to fuck with people, like just to make us mad. They're gonna do it. And they totally did. And it was like this little, I think, like this little glimmer of hope as the player being like, oh, my God, it's there it is. Like, where it's okay to be okay. We're going back home. Right. And then they right. fuck with you real hard, which I also should have seen oh. coming. Yeah. I should have seen it coming. And it feels like they, by the way, like, I feel like this is one of those weird cases where, like, they've kind of. I don't want to say like used up their tricks, but you at this point, right? But in the first game, you knew what Last of Us was going to give to you, especially obviously on the second time through, right? But even on the first time, towards the end, you're starting to see the mechanics that they kind of use as story anchors. And here, they added some new ones. You can shimmy through small cracks and whatever, and you, <laughs> and can, you know that's never good. But it's like both motherfuckers <laughs> just shimmy through a small crack and fucking die, basically. And you're like, oh, God yeah. damn it! Like you know, yeah. you can just and you know what's happening. It's, 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 you know that's the only way you can go, and you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do <laughs> this. <laughs> Like, I, I was totally lulled. I was completely unworried. I didn't even realize it's small crack. I was like, this is great. They played the last of us theme. We're in Santa Barbara. It's beautiful mm-hmm. here. There's mm-hmm. sun. We're going to go outside and head to, where were they going? San Diego? I don't know. Somewhere else in California. And I was like, this is going to be great. So I was completely lulled into a sense of security and was oh, blown no. away when something <laughs> bad happened. Which again, like at this point, I should have seen coming with Last of Us because when does something bad not happen in Last of Us games? But yeah. I, I really, point. I really believed for a moment there. But this is an interesting example of something bad that happened that, you know, at the end you could make the argument that that they got through it and they they did yes. But this is like the first time that something really devastating happens that they don't figure out a way out of in the first like hour or day it really is like it feels like like abby was there for long enough to be completely um depleted of resources she didn't she didn't have a way out on her own do you know what i mean she was at her end and even though she does escape via ellie etc later it's like it really feels like they both find a scenario that like is almost unovercomable. And I, I think it's a like, cool that they were able to do that despite the fact that they've overcome everything, right? You know, she gets cut down by Lev right beforehand, you know, and like this, like, every scenario, like she gets out of the jail cell in Last of Us 1. And I'd used she in both cases, but I was talking about two different people. That's confusing. But <laughs> what I'm saying is just that like, it. I think it really like felt to me like I could see this ending here in some sort of like, narrative way that just hits in like a 
they're just at the end of their gas tank and they can't yeah, go anymore. Yeah, I honestly thought they were both going to die. But like, and, and like, they might both die just as captors. I mean, they might literally die next to each other in an, in this in a scene where they're both tied up and they have to be face to face as they die. Like, this could happen. And I think that like, it really adds to like, you're just buy-in of like, what is going to happen and how is this going to play out? I really need to see because I really do feel like they're at their end here. You know, like they don't have much left. And in fact... Abby wouldn't make it um, if Ellie hadn't come. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so, okay. So are we getting to this this end thing? This whole, so it's funny because this this fight scene, right? When when um, they, they fight in the water, uh, that scene. Okay, wait, but pause because we're not quite there yet. Okay, we're not well, quite there Well, let's do yet. the walk up. Okay, yeah, do the walk up. Okay. Are you going to do the walk up? Or is I don't know, I was kind of hoping Zoe was going to step <laughs> Okay, so he's going to do right the walk up. Right now. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, so so you, you go to a place called The Pillars is how it's mm-hmm. referred to by like some prisoners that you free. Um, and they just happen to be places where prisoners, attempted escapists yeah. from prison go just to serve their punishment. And it's essentially a death sentence because everybody's there, there is dead. And even the game like tries to like, I, the game just tries to like fuck with you by like sh- having a long braided woman uh, be hanging yes, up on yes. one of those pillars that you walk up to. I know, McQueen and were like, staring at her being like, that's, that's her. And I was like, they're trying to fuck. But like, for, it took us a while to figure it out. And because it's a video yeah. game, I was like literally sitting there thinking to myself, there's just no fucking way, especially after they um, delayed this game. And I do think we should get into that topic later. But I was like, is this the first like game breaking bug? Like, why can't I interact with this? <laughs> yeah. Shit? yeah, I can't interact <laughs> with her body. Like, oh. So, so you know, you go up and you find Abby's body, and as I've kind of described before, they, she's just in a, in an Abby esque way, like pretty emaciated, like her muscles gone, but also just more strikingly, her hair is chopped off and just this ugly like clearly rugged like someone took a knife to her hair and did not care very high prices for that in portland so don't be rude oh my bad um (laughs) right and um and just the thing with this is uh that that was interesting is you know ellie just immediately she she goes up to abby and i think she just says like i found you and then she cuts abby down right and then abby is just like you know lev like can you please get lev down and abby yeah and Abby actually, or no, I think Abby actually yeah. unties Lev yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ellie doesn't actually help with that. But she but, she looks at Ellie like, what is going on? What is your intentions? And then she kind of just has this face of like, I'm not sure I care. Like, I only have one thing mm-hmm. left in my life. Yeah, I just need to like go a, I don't even give a fuck do this. Here. Like, she's looking at her like, Absolutely. are you going to kill me? Okay, if you're going to kill me, that's fine. But let me do this first. Like, and then she just becomes almost like a zombie. Uh, it just in the sense that she has such so so little left in her, um, so mm-hmm. so little humanity and so little strength that she just kind of like goes to Lev to untie uh, or cut down or whatever. Right, and not only that, but then you know after she gets Lev down and she's carrying Lev, she even turns to Ellie and just says, "Come on, like there's boats mm-hmm. not far down mm-hmm. from here. Like we can escape yeah. this way." Yeah, and so Ellie just kind of follows. And that's when I'm just getting this thought in my head of just like, this isn't over. I don't think it is, but I want it to yes, be over. Yes, two to hundred percent. You're like, maybe they did truly face like a common enemy and that can 
give them the space in their own, like, relationship, I say in quotes, because, like, it's a weird term for such hate. But, like, you know, maybe there's enough space for them to communicate a little, and maybe we can have some resolution here. And, no. You would be misguided no. if you thought that. I, the way that my heart sank <laughs> oh, when man. Ellie goes to her boat, Abby and Lev go to the second boat, and Ellie puts her pack down, then she turns around and just says, like, I can't let you leave. I was like, yeah. no. Yeah, like, let her leave. Like, let it be done. Because I actually thought, okay. Like, fuck I- no, Ellie, turn away. Like, yes. no, it's not working. I mean, and I think that yeah. goes to show the power of the game. It's like they can kill off one of your most beloved characters. And by the end, you're just like, don't get your revenge. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think hats off to, like, the narrative leads on this. Because what... For whatever your motivations in saying, please don't do this at Ellie at the very end. It's like the the point is that you have gone through this kind of emotional roller coaster where you're like, no, revenge is not. It ain't it. <laughs> it ain't it, chief. But it's all well, I think left. you kind of see, too, like what's happened. I mean, I think part of it, too, is like they've shown you what happened to Abby and how poorly revenge went for her. And you're kind of mm-hmm. sitting there being like, Ellie, man, like this is not going to end well. <laughs> Like, yeah. don't right. do this. This does not go the way you want it to. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting to me, though, because I... She doesn't say this, but I think Abby was, like, potentially thinking it, which is, like, a weird thing to put on a video game character, considering that normally they just have their default face on as they walk through a cutscene. And it's not the case in this game. You can maybe read into those little things or potentially thoughts. But it felt like she was thinking to herself, how many times do I have to let you go? Like, how many times do I have to best you and let you go? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, wh- I've saved, essentially, you so many times, and you can't see that. And, and and when I was thinking in that context, I thought to myself, uh, one resolution could be that Ellie needed to best her and let her go, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I was, I was thinking that, like, very strongly as the scene started. Like, maybe she doesn't need to actually kill her, but she just needs to... And I wasn't actually sure they were going to even fight at all. I thought she was literally just going to be like... I let you go, but I have the power now. I did this. Like, I needed the power in this scenario where you've had it twice in a row. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I need to take back some of that agency here. Um, And in some senses, that kind of is what happens. But like, you know. Yeah, but in a fucked up way. But they had to go through the like, I'm going to kill you part like first. (laughs) Right. And so we can talk then just about this, this fight that, you know, the, the game does a, great job of alternating between you know the cinematic taking control and leaving the narrative out of your hands to then making you participate in this narrative and you know of course I think it's a a good touch to the combat when you know you start off with a knife against Abby and you are just slicing her to shreds and I'm just like of course I'm like cringing the whole time I'm doing this I was like no 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 and then Oh, the most impactful part, uh, probably aside from the, maybe the very end of that fight, but when you have to mash square to yep. sink the knife yep. into Abby's oh, Jesus. chest. Yeah. And she I screams. only watched that with like a yeah. quarter of right. one eyeball. Yeah. Right. I'm like, I yeah, like that's kind of what I was like. I was like opening one eye, but turning away from the screen as I'm like mashing the square button being like, I don't like this. I don't like yeah. this. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't make me do this. Yeah. I mean, something I, I liked about this fight and it's, Something that's very different from the typical like video game boss battle. Both of these women are fucked 
Uh, yeah. This is yeah, they're not both super hurt. They're a, at their weakest as opposed yeah. to their strongest. Exactly. Yeah. So they are just they are stumbling around. Like, they don't yeah. have great balance. It's a hot. It damn also means mess. that like I mean they don't have any of their stuff. There are no guns. Ellie has a knife and Abby mm-hmm. has her fists. Like I mean, which is I mean, yeah. let's be honest. That's like the that's the real way these people sh- should be fighting. But it's not like a crazy video i agree it's like not a normal video game battle it's just like down and dirty and brutal and nasty every contact as we were talking as we were playing it or maybe after because i don't know if we said this while we were playing but at some point it came up that like this is essentially the scene of every the last scene of every metal Gear, gear solid game which i have never played but mccoy has made me sit down and watch the three hour cinematic cutscenes you can find on youtube for these games so i don't know if it's every <laughs> game but i can only tell you that metal gear solid 4 specifically okay. the one that you know listen i don't i won't claim to have like the best approach for for content sometimes like sometimes elena will be sitting there reading a book and i will just like sit a laptop in front of her and just be like so here's the three hour com- uh cutscene compilation for metal gear solid 4 do you want to watch this <laughs> yep it should be like a villain origin story yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah look i'm not proud of it but the point wait, is wait they do oh, okay let me see my point oh, sure i started it okay thank you yeah <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, that you do make Go me... to therapy. That button is so awesome. Thank you for that button. But basically, okay. like, so those those are, like, the most epic boss battles of all time, right? It's, like, what you've been culminating. Your whole game is culminating this moment where you're super powerful and these two big dudes, like, bashing each other on top of a tank or whatever. I don't, I don't play In this case, it was, a, it was a submarine <laughs> Wait, in sunset. Important. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is that this, 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 boss fight this end fight ended up being so much more impactful i think and so much more fucked up because it is so simple and so brutal and just like these mm-hmm. two sad characters beating each other to get death and some of the things that they make you do to the other one are so real in a way that like metal gear solid or most other video games like like the characters aren't real humans like i don't know what's up with metal gear solid characters but they're well, like actually, somehow that was really powerful but they're okay. like somehow jacked up i assume or like have guns or something but this is just like two teenage women like young 20s women mm-hmm. beating each other to death in the ocean with a shiv and their fists but also and more their than teeth that. but also right of course that oh, scene right, where abby bites your teeth with your white bites your fingers bites off, your teeth off jesus christ is so <laughs> disturbing <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah it's i mean it's but it, it's the nitty-gritty desperation I know, but it's, it's so, so it's like it's brutal. it's too real it's the same thing as we're talking about the end of la- the last section with that fight where abby is fighting that oh. guy with the big ice pick thing. Like, that is the most brutal, realistic violence yeah. I have ever seen in a video game. And they make you fucking do it. Like, they make you take that scythe and just, like, stick it into his face and pull it out. And it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing when you're fighting as Ellie and you have to stab that knife into fucking Abby's chest and it keeps yeah. going and it's screaming. And it's like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I was deeply disturbed so wait so hear me out on this like this is like my my one of my theories or or mental models of this fight like it feels like they have clearly in this game had a huge intentionality behind and probably i would say success in making strong female characters whether they're stealthy and resourceful or their brute strength 
or they're those what would you call them like big bertha characters like all of those (laughs) are strong like i like how cautiously (laughs) you said that well because i was i was gonna say olga and i'm like oh no don't say another word that wasn't it but it's the same concept but it doesn't matter the point is um go to therapy but it's just like (laughs) no but the point is they do such a good job i think of making strong female characters but for the narrative points of this fight as opposed to having your um it's so many video games you're level 40 or whatever which is the highest level you can be with all the gear you've you've done all the grinding you need they even tell you before you proceed have you done all the quests that you want to do do you have all the items you want to do you're going to need to be strong for the final fight but in this case actually it's the weakest fight in some senses of all and it's with the (laughs) least left of their strength and of their humanity and actually in that way abby specifically is way more equal to ellie because Ellie mm-hmm. is not as emaciated, but she's definitely hurting. I mean, she's been stabbed through the. No, she's that's got a listen. Giant. Not great. Wound. Not great. But she hasn't been just like. <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but she but she hasn't been sitting on that post for God knows who how long and without eating and like is you know lost all her muscles etc like all her her life's work of her body she hasn't you know it's like they equalize and they take these really strong female characters and they make like a very wits end like weakness yeah. fight among them which i which i like narrative i a also lot. think it really makes you believe that there's because the other thing i was thinking about as we were playing it and i'm like usually with something again like i'm gonna go back to metal gear solid despite the fact that i've never played those games because that's the only nice, one i can remember reasonable. but in these like end big boss fights you know the good guys are gonna win like you you've been working mm-hmm. towards this this is it this is the big mm-hmm. boss fight you're like this is the moment where good triumphs against evil and we like you know the outcome of that fight and if you if you fuck it up the game restarts and you get to load from your save point but this one just the way it was done and the brutality and the weakness and the the way the story had gone like i was just like this is mutual destruction like there's yeah. the, no one's coming out of this okay and we're all like it's just it's such a depressing and sad and brutal yeah. fight that it makes you and, believe there's no good outcome. Yeah, and I think that coupled with the fact that to get Abby to fight Ellie threatened an unconscious kid basically. Right. That's right. when you're yeah. just like right. oh this is not good. Yeah. Like okay guys, it's like we need to take a long hard look at ourselves yeah. right Where now is- and Go to therapy. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, like, where is Ellie? Like, you're like, where is the character yeah. that I, I, you know, identify but so much with? that's what I meant. That, Unrecognizable. Like, yeah, this yeah. whole Santa Barbara yeah. sequence to me was like, Ellie is, her humanity is just as gone as Abby's is at this point. And Abby's Dude, Abby has there, more humanity left. But, I mean, kind of, because Abby's like, just kill me. It's like, I'm not going to fight you. Just do it. Yeah. I understand. I get what you're going for. Go for it. Like, you're not going to stop, clearly, because this is the third fucking yeah, time exactly. I've seen you. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I probably should have killed you. They told me I should have killed you over and over again. Well, and I feel like in some way, Abby understands. Like, Abby got her revenge. It didn't get her what she wanted. And I feel like if Abby mm-hmm. were to die now, she wouldn't be mad. You know? Right. She'd be like, yeah, this makes sense. It's the end of my story. I, I have nothing left except for love, and I saved him. He's in a boat. Yeah, but- and it's also a little bit uneasy as well, because at least... So, like, when I hearken back to, like, the fight in the cinema, when you're playing as Abby, beating Ellie's face in, there was that slight, like, tingling sensation in the back of my head where I'm like, well, Lev is still here. Like, there is still hope that maybe Ellie can make it alive. Yeah, literally screaming that the entire fight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Where the fuck is Lev? Where's Lev? (laughs) And I, (laughs) right, it's like, so it's like, 
you know, at least with that, it's like Lev was Abby's morality check in that fight. And with this last fight, I was just so uneasy because there is no Lev in Ellie's life in this scene. It's just Ellie and she's already threatened Lev's life. So I'm like, she's pulling no punches. She's going to probably try and go all the way Mm -hmm. here. Like, and nobody's going to be there to morality check. Like, Adina's not going to pop out of the ocean being like, girl, girl, don't look at yourself. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so wait, I I don't know if we want. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was say I don't know if we want to go into that right now, but that reality of not having that morality mm-hmm. check also mm-hmm. feeds in to my theory about the ending. Okay. But we'll get there. Okay, wait. So that was a fantastic theory. transition, and I love that. And I'll never transition as well as that. But I do want to mention one more thing, which is that there is a brief moment in this fight where they play death music as Abby's face is underwater. Yeah. And you believe yeah. that she's done. It's and again like but again i don't know what other word you use besides brutal but i think i was doing this i think i had my face covered at that point and i was literally saying to mccoy this is horrific because you're just yeah. holding abby underwater and she keeps kind of popping back up and you just keep choking her it's just awful yeah i don't know awful. that's all i had to say about this end scene it's like it's too real it's horrible it's too relatable i don't like it and so then and and it's like slowly zooming into ellie's face as it's happening and i'm just like nope i don't like this because it's also like gonna at least give the courtesy of not showing abby die on screen but also like (laughs) like the the slower the zoom into her face i'm like this is more time that she's spending underwater she's doomed yeah (laughs) yeah and you're thinking to yourself at least i am i mean i don't know if anyone else is but i'm just thinking like does do either character deserve this end maybe both but maybe neither i kind of sit down on neither but it's only because i feel Mm -hmm. like i have a great empathy for both of them despite of all that they've done but i think that's kind of the ultimate point is like how Mm -hmm. do we make it so the 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 arch enemy the number one Mm -hmm. villain is someone that you maybe think doesn't deserve death in the end despite the fact that they were able to i mean essentially i think they could count on anyone playing this game has a great deal of um, Joel in their soul or heart, right? And so it's such an easy, not easy, but I mean, it's such a powerful narrative lever they can pull and they can say, can we walk back from this? And I think in this scene, they really, at least for maybe some of us, maybe not Claire, maybe Claire's in there like, die! I fucking choke it out of water! like, please God, let this game be over. It's been three yeah, hours. Yeah. I need a nap. Yeah. Oh God. Maybe that's real. Yeah. But they do succeed, I feel like, in that goal of being like, wow, do these people really deserve this? Do they just, does either of them deserve this? Do I want to see either of them die? Do I feel like vindicated or happy or any of those things because it's happening? It's like, no, none of those things are present here. So that's a very foreign experience in a video game. And so imagine that happens, right? And the game ends and then you're sitting there, you've read all the journal entries and you have a theory. <laughs> And you have a theory about this okay, game. Wait, and your before name I get to that, though, oh, can God I tell it. you that was really? I tried so hard. <laughs> I tried so fucking hard, man. God this damn. is gonna be a really bad video, but honestly, the other thing that really captivated my mind during this fight sequence, and this is probably because I wasn't having to actually do the fighting, so I wasn't going to play. But I spent a lot of mental energy, like mentally, just screaming at the people who made this game, being like, "Do you know how painful it would be to have knife wounds and then be in salt water?" Sure. I was like, "That." Sure. Oh, but but yeah. they're not feeling pain at this point. I <laughs> no, feel like I I'm aware yeah, of that. Like... But that to me, that was a lot. That was about half. Yeah. Maybe seventy five percent of my brain power was yeah. like 
this is awful. That yeah. would hurt so badly to have salt yeah. in a wound. And then the other part was just like, this is also awful. So wait, okay. If we are tangenting still and we're not quite going to get to oh, this mythical. I was going to give it to Claire now. No, I'm taking it again. So um, I will say that one of the things that I really appreciate about this section, we've talked about sections that say spiked in difficulty that maybe uh, messed with pacing. And we've definitely seen, um, we've talked about it, but also I've seen some reviewers mention, you know, looting mess with pacing, things that mess with pacing in moments where it might matter, mm-hmm. right? You think about that concept. But here, it really did from a gameplay standpoint. It felt like a dance, like between me and the game. And we talked about that where it goes into you do stuff, then they do kind of cutscene, yeah. then you do stuff, then they do cutscene. But I, I, while I wasn't necessarily excited to do some of the things I was doing, I was watching with an open mind to see, and I was curious, and I figured... It was basically like the game extended its hand to me from a gameplay sector. Will perspective, will you dance with me to the end of this game? And I was like, sure, I will. Whether I like it or not, I will. And I think that is such a cool thing um, and a cool way to experience this fight. It's back and forth and this and that. And you just, you do your parts. The game signals to you what it, you must do and then you just watch it. You don't have control. You don't have agency. You just do your part and then you watch it. Um, and then it concludes. Yeah. And then you have theories about how it ends. <laughs> well, so I, I think I think we can conclude. So I the 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 big elephant in the room is that nobody ends up dying in this right. fight. Right. You know, Ali gets off of Abby after nearly drowning her. And as she's, and then Abby Yeah, and I think it's important to point out because as she's got Abby held in the water, she has this is like this really brief fate flash of Joel's face playing the guitar. And essentially after that, Abby mm-hmm. lets her go. Or no, Ellie lets her go. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she pictures Joel and then gets off of Abby and says, you know, just leave. Just go. And Abby doesn't even say, like, really or whatnot. Like, Abby, yeah. like, just gets up just, and she's just like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to ask. Um, and Ellie just kind of sits there in the water, just kind of, you know, just in a ball, just sobbing. Um and you know, I think that that sobbing can be interpreted interpreted in a lot of different ways. I think I think it's just, you know, it could be a sob that she feels like she, you know, she failed in request, or it's a sob that she, you know, just feels like she feels dirty, and even letting herself get this far gone, or, um, or even that it's over. You know, I think, yeah, or or maybe that it's over that she just finally needs to say goodbye. Or that she finally, as McCoy has said, you know, she has the upper hand, but she needs to let Abby go because that is the right thing to do in this situation. And she has to let it happen whether she likes it or not. Um, and it's a it's a it's a powerful scene for sure. And then it cuts back to the farm. Yes, which this to me is a far more powerful scene than the fight. I liked the fight plenty, but this the way it maybe some of the most impactful scenes in this whole game to me might be at this farmhouse. Like the farmhouse narrative, the way they connect, it's like, it's mm-hmm. so clear to me. Like the way that the world is perfect and your life is perfect, but you have you have something that you must do outside of that. Like you have to destroy it somehow and you know you will and you risk it. And, and, it, and, and maybe everyone else when they left the farmhouse like knew that it wasn't going to be there when they got back. But to me, I felt like it was a risk. 
but it wasn't sure. I wasn't sure that it was all gone. And that's why at this point in the story, I didn't feel like Ellie knew 100% that everything was destroyed in her life, despite the fact that we retroactively know that's the case. Mm -hmm. But then you get here and you finish out that perfect fantasy and you realize it's like you did what you wanted to do. You fulfilled your purpose or whatever, but just to confirm, you lost it all. Like, just to confirm, just so you know, they didn't wait up for you. And it's, oh my God, that to me is like, because, you know, you think to yourself, we may have just found a resolution between these two people, right? They stopped fighting. It was maybe there, maybe this is the end to the violence and the end to the suffering. But then you get to see, and not, by the way, not for Abby. And that's where maybe, maybe some of the theories come in. Um, you don't get to see what happens for her next, but for Ellie, you get to see the devastation. And that's what they leave you with is the devastation of her life really in every way and holy fuck oh my god ouch dude ouch it i mean it is it is really yeah i mean there's the devastation with her life and that she walks into this farmhouse and it is empty like every everything's moved out i guess dina called in the moving crew to <laughs> help her move back to jackson yeah, rented um, a u-haul but... you know Oh, we're trying to repurpose some clickers and we just make them like use the fucking anyway, okay, sorry. Go on. But um but really what got to me was, you know, what when it starts off the farmhouse scene, it zooms in on her hand that has now lost two fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of don't think anything of it. I I was just like, okay, this is just a forever symbol of, you know, this revenge that she's always gone after. But what got to me was her picking up the guitar and she's trying to strum the first couple chords of that Pearl Jam Mm -hmm. song again. And you're playing it at first and I was like, why does this sound so off? What is sounding so bad about it? And then I look at her hand and I'm like, holy fuck, she's losing two fingers. She's lost two fingers. She's lost her guitar playing hand. Like the one positive gift that Joel has given to her that she can carry on through her life, you know, she no longer has that anymore God. to even like live out his memory by. Yeah. And when you say and it that like that- And that to me was just devastating. God, so it was. When you say it like that, I know it doesn't resolve this way in the way that any, I think a reasonable person could read it. But when you say it like that, when you add the gravity of taking away the last thing that Joel left her, it's like, okay, last of us three, she goes and kills Abby because she, he, she took the <laughs> And we're back. You know what I mean? So obviously that's not necessarily um, a reasonable a conclusion, but it's just when you really outlined how devastating that is, it's like, it's so true. Like she she can't even, this. so this game does this thing that I feel like a lot of artsy uh, media does that like I don't understand as much, but seems to resonate with human beings. And so I totally respect that, um, which is like talk about, music as like this ethereal force of emotion and again it doesn't it doesn't work for me as much but clearly it works for people and the way that they use it in this game is so powerful i feel like it it clearly is this like way that you can um that joel does but then teaches ellie to also like explore their emotions and souls and where they are in the world and where they might go and all this is wrapped up into the guitar and wrapped up into music and and to see it um also tarnished here is just it's devastating right it's and so with that so like 
Because I want to open up to Claire's theory of actually how this ending is. Because quite honestly, like, I felt devastated at this ending. I think I can safely say, McCoy and Aleda, you guys felt devastated by this ending. Um, And it just kind of left me in a very dark headspace where I'm just like, damn, life, bro. (laughs) Like, that's rough. Um, But Claire actually... She Claire's find the light at the end of the tunnel. You, yeah, Claire, I think, has found the light at the end of the tunnel. I made it through the wilderness. That t- does show a glimmer of hope. And actually, I do like this theory that Claire has of perhaps where the story is mm-hmm. um, in Ellie's life. Yeah, so I had a very similar first interpretation as everyone else did, hence why I burst into tears in the garden. It's just so sad. Yep. And that coupled, yep. so I, I just couldn't get out of my head this the scene of her after Abby leaves, she's sobbing in the fog, in the ocean, and it just recalls that scene in the first one where Sam's asking her what she's afraid of, and she's like, I'm afraid of ending up alone. Mm. And so in my diatribe against this, I'm like, you gave her her worst fucking fear. Like, how fucking dare you? And then they go back to the the farm, and I'm like, everything sucks. Oh, my God. Okay, so that was a brief interpretation of my initial feelings um, about this. I wanted to start off with, uh, because I have an opinion as to where... I think the plot was heading after this uh, farmhouse scene, but I want to talk about kind of the Joel-Ellie relationship and kind of the outcome of that. So we spoke a little bit earlier about um, kind of having that last flashback scene where like, okay, we had this little positive moment. So this is something where I think the journal really came in handy. So throughout this time, she, she writes thought, she writes uh, poetry, song lyrics, and she draws pictures throughout the scene. Sometimes they're very mission-driven, like the WLF logo. Sometimes they're just the the recurring motif of the moth that's on her uh, guitar that Joel gave sure. her. Throughout this entire revenge quest, um, Ellie draws Joel multiple times, but she can't get his eyes right. Every drawing she does of Joel, she scrawls out like big dark lines over where his eyes are. She cannot get that right. And so you're at this beach, you're beating the shit out of Abby, you're about to kill her. And again, throughout the entire throughout the entire game, when you have flashes of memories with Joel, they're of him beaten to a pulp right. at the mm-hmm. chalet. Yes. This time, when you are about to drown Abby, the flash you get of Joel is a peaceful, positive moment. It's how Mm -hmm. she saw Joel Mm -hmm. when she was walking to this kind of beginning of maybe a reconciliation. He's peacefully strumming the guitar on his porch in Jackson. Um, And that flash, we can say, is what caused her not to go through with this. Mm -hmm. And I think... On top of just being like, okay, she's thinking about the entirety of her relationship with Joel, not just the really bitter end. Mm -hmm. And she is able to make the decision herself not to take Abby's life. Um, And we, uh, McCoy talked about this earlier, just like she needed to be the one to be able to walk away. Because the two previous times, Abby beat the shit out of her Mm -hmm. and Abby 
leaves with the upper hand. Um, but I think the fact that Ellie was able to make that decision on her own with a positive memory of Joel mm -hmm. definitely sets that decision in a different light for me. So Abby leaves, you're on the beach, you're sobbing. And I think that's one of the first times we really see Ellie mourn Joel. We have a very truncated period after Joel dies that we see her at the grave, but she's very sure. driven on revenge. Sure. This is this is her reason of being, like we've mentioned before. And I think just this moment of brokenness on this speech, she's reminiscing on how much she's lost. Um, and so I take the farmhouse scene at the end kind of an extension of this grieving process for Joel as more than just... Um, kind of an outlook as to where her life is going. So she goes back, she's noticed what, she's she's found what she's lost. Dean is gone, JJ's gone. All of Ellie's stuff is still in her study upstairs. Dina and JJ have cut themselves out of Ellie's life. Right. And she has that moment where she finds the guitar in her study full of things. She tries to play the song. She's missing that last connection that she could have had with Joel with guitar. But that's coupled with that last flashback of them um, on the porch having that reconciliation conversation. So I see just the, the last interaction or the last kind of like I said before, it's like this is a her goodbye to Joel. This is an object that had a very particular, very important meaning for them. She is giving it the time and the space that she wasn't able to at the very beginning or not emotionally able to. Right. And I see her leaving the guitar there not as much as a, I've lost this connection with Joel forever. I think this, for me, mm -hmm. this is more of her putting her relationship with Joel to bed a little bit. Yeah. Um, just kind of relinquishing that emotional need for revenge for, so like, so she has these memories with Joel, but um, she's recognizing just how, how that's, that's changing going forward. So let's talk about part of my reason that this ended fucked me up. She's like, she's just walking up into nowhere. What the fuck? Okay. So I will, I will say, this is not an original idea. Nice. This was something that was, um, I've seen it in a YouTube comment. I've seen it on Twitter as well. So it's kind of picked up speed. So this is not, mm. Claire, you're great at noticing details. Claire, but you are great at you know noticing who is details. Great, you, know, <laughs> you know who is great at noticing details and just general continuity Twitter? is Naughty oh, okay. Dog. So I don't think these are, what I'm about to mention are just, continuity errors i think this is very intentional so and i double checked this my second playthrough hmm. so you are in santa barbara you're ellie you're sunburned you're wearing a tank top looking miserable you do not have um dina's bracelet on anymore hmm. and when you go through your backpack where in the first game in the dlc that's just your repository of everything that you have on you um, so in this case, it's like you still have Joel's watch. You yeah. still have all this stuff. Yeah. Dina's bracelet is not in the backpack. Okay. Ellie doesn't have Dina's bracelet. Cool, cool, cool. So you're walking back to the farmhouse at the very end of the game. 
not only do you not have any weapons, so let's think she, Ellie's backpack went into the boat with her. Presumably, she has the same backpack, so if she left with the backpack, she has zero weapons. She doesn't have her bow. She doesn't have her, um, uh, any of her guns. Uh, any of her guns. Any, up to the yeah. She also has Dina's bracelet on again. Where did she get the bracelet? I don't know. So the idea here um, is obviously, first of all, someone took care of her fingers. Like that, that, that was not a clean cut by Abby's teeth, I can tell you that. And like they're, they're looking rough, but they're looking... Cauterized. Cauterized, mm. stumped out. I don't know what you want to call it. Damn, this is a fucking um, theory. Okay, go on. <laughs> yeah, and so she has the bracelet back. She doesn't have any of your, her weapons. If you go back to kind of the entrance gate, your weapons aren't over there at all or anything like that. So the idea is she's already gone back to Jackson at this point. I am not saying she makes up with Dina. I am not saying anything like that. Mm. I think you're going to have to have some real big conversations about what the Fuck mm -hmm. Ellie. Um, but I think that is clear that she goes back to Jackson for some point. Mm. So this is not um, straight from her adventure. This is after potentially some things yeah. we didn't see. Her clothes are also clean. Mm. Also something to point mm -hmm. out. Um, and I just realized something I forgot to mention about my, my whole Joel thing at the very mm. end is in the journal when you're walking up to... Um, <laughs> Read the Sorry. journal. God. <laughs> Literally what I told Elena was so, we opened the journal during this last third and I said, Elena, do not mention on the podcast yeah. that I didn't open this no, previously. They really made a great out. case 100%. for how valuable this is and we've fucked up. Do not say yeah. anything. And then so yeah. she wrote. No, so I oh, think. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say go what ahead. she got from that was mention the journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I do think. So the last yeah. entry in Ellie's journal, which you can see when you walk up to the farmhouse the mm. last time. You see a full drawing of Joel and his guitar. Face, eyes, everything included. Yeah. And I think that really goes to show so whatever emotional catharsis she needed from her fucked up trip to California, the worst fucking trip out west in mm -hmm. fucking history. Mm -hmm. um, I do think there's a more hopeful, healthier outlook from that point onward. Being able to make the choice to not kill Abby for Joel's sake, if not for your own. Um, I do think there's a clear positive like trend from that. Um, just being able to draw him again, being able to have that reminiscing scene right. in- Think of him um, differently, as opposed to the, the Yeah, in the responses. farmhouse in general, exactly. Right. So we see these positive memories of Joel, these peaceful yes, memories yes. of Joel towards the end. So. My thesis <laughs> is that, and this is, it, this might be a self-protection mechanism sure. as well, but I really do not think, and I don't think, from what we know about Ellie's character, I don't think she's just like, I'm depressed, I'm going in the forest, I'm going to live by myself. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in her characterization so far. I can see her being a fucking hermit in Jackson. I can't see her being like, I would much rather like to be terrified to go to sleep every night. It's like, she's not stupid. So I do think it's like, while maybe emotionally you need to come to a terms with a lot more stuff about your relationships in Jackson, I do not think that she's self-destructive at this point in the story where she's had this kind of emotional recollection of Joel and she's been able to make her own decision based on revenge. 
right. um, or regarding the revenge. So, so okay. On that point. Yes. <laughs> so wait, are you are you, so just so I'm sure that I'm following? You're basically saying that um, when she prematurely returned home to the to the farmhouse, right? There was clearly a, a torment uh, and an unfinishedness to her her being mm-hmm. her soul and and you're seeing and if i think made a great case for hints at there is a, a finishedness a, a salvation to some degree yeah. to her soul in the end of this game yeah so i think i think of like after think of seattle day three for ellie and they're back in the theater they're going to leave basically and Tommy's like, are you are you okay with this? And she says, well, we're, I'm going to have to be. And that that's not how a story arc ends in any meaningful way. So I do think that, again, yeah, making being able to make that choice for yourself, for the remembrance of your family members, for your love for them, um, that's how I'm seeing it. Wow. I wish that... I hadn't already felt all the pain. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, wait, because... I mean, yeah. So okay. I obviously do not have a developed fan theory. I haven't done the research. I don't really know. But I did read the end of the game, I think similarly, similarly to you in terms of Ellie. Um, I read the moment where she after she, right after she fights Abby and she's sitting in the waves just crying. I read that as just mm-hmm. being like straight up clean grief. As being kind yeah, of like oh, yeah, the first yeah, yeah. time that she yeah. really recognizes mm-hmm. that Joel, like, like kind of, an, I mean, look, I know the whole, is it six steps of grief? Five, five seven, seven? Twelve? Twelve? No. no, 12 steps is a different thing. That's eight. I, Sorry. I, 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 I think it's <laughs> I know it's been debunked. I, actually, I think it's five. Right. It's, it's been five. debunked. Anyway. It's not a thing that we rely on anymore. But I do think that there's obviously like a process to grieving um, and different people do it different ways. And I completely agree with you that Ellie essentially, like, Joel got killed brutally in front of her, and Ellie was like, I'm going to fuck up whoever did that. And that is not grieving. Mm-hmm. That is revenge. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, like, yeah. I think allowed Ellie to not process for most of the game. Definitely. And so I think that that moment where she had that flash of Joel and she was like, fuck, he's actually gone. I'm not going to kill Abby for whatever reason. However you want to read her reasons for doing that. I, I read that moment of her crying in the ways it's just being grief. And then I read that scene with the mm-hmm. guitar as being pretty much the same as you Claire the only thing is that okay. I think it's interesting from the way that I saw it which again like I have no proof of this it's just like the way that I read it or that it hit me um is and maybe it's because I played an instrument somewhat seriously before and then had a hand injury that caused me to stop playing so mm-hmm. I when she had her fingers mm-hmm. bitten off and she saw the guitar for the first time I was like that's a problem mm-hmm. um and so when McCoy started playing I was like I was like this is gonna be really bad but to me I don't know it wasn't I guess it wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be that sounds weird yeah. but I was like yeah. she kind of like I muddled yeah. through and it was recognizable and I guess the way yeah. I read her body language and her face is that she wasn't sad like she kind of was like I, I think yeah, it I didn't was get devastation from that yeah it was sort of I like agree. I read it very much as her way of saying goodbye and of like her way of just mm-hmm. like she played Joel's song she put the guitar down and it was like, it, I I saw all that, that whole sequence as just being part of her grieving process mm-hmm. and part of her Absolutely. letting go. And like, I guess that's kind of how I read the entire end of the game, which like McCoy, I finished the game with you at the same time. I was emotionally devastated from that. I think that's really sad. Like I find the process of letting go to be very sad. Of course. Um, and so I, that, but that's how I read the end of the game. 
And again, like I don't have yeah. any real solid proof for it, but that was just like my gut reaction to all of it. But the only thing is that I obviously didn't get to like the whole Dina's bracelet, whatever. I didn't get to that theory on my own. I mean, who notices that? I did. I remember hell? noting that she didn't have any weapons. And I was like, that's pretty weird. But I didn't mm-hmm. have any theories about it. I was just like, that's weird because she just walked through what yeah. I assumed are zombie infested land. So it's very. Well, I feel like what we're really used to with video games, we're, we're, we're used to a certain level of just tomfoolery in a mm-hmm. way of just like oh i mean she doesn't yeah, exactly. have weapons but like, like that don't was a think fuck anything up. Of like that's oh yeah. it's like a, it's yeah, yeah. It, this is just cutscene interactive cutscene land mm-hmm. yeah i you remember don't i don't even yeah. think i said it out loud because i was like maybe she's got like a pistol in her backpack and i was like whatever i'll give him that mm-hmm. um yeah and i think just the level of attention to detail naughty dog has had as well as the fact that joel's watch which was in the mm-hmm. farmhouse yeah. makes its way back into the backpack yeah. for santa barbara i'm like so no one forgot that this existed it's like people were looking for those details yeah. so and you know if it was a mistake they don't need to tell me yeah. do not yeah, exactly. i find, don't want listener feedback motherfuckers be tweeting that shit like an, like two years later like actually it's just a mistake <laughs> like fuck but the other thing that i I read differently or i guess like when i for just playing through it like gut instinct was like this is what's happening Mm -hmm. in my mind was when she walked off into that forest Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i never in my mind was like she's going back to dina or any of that no frankly adam i wasn't super committed to her relationship with dina during the game so i was kind of like "Eh, she's not going back i'm not upset about it but my again zero proof gut check like just like this is what's happening in my own little la la land was that i was like she's going off to find her new purpose of like she doesn't have one right joel took hers away when he killed all the fireflies she can be mad about that um in a way she kind of she sort of yeah she kind of exactly then her purpose was revenge then when she couldn't have that or didn't have that she kind of tried on the purpose of like being with dina and raising jj and like that was going to be her purpose but it didn't quite fit and maybe it would now but it didn't fit then and so now but maybe it never does dude but maybe it the never way does. i don't know dude. i know i was uncomfortable during those scenes but, but whatever <laughs> okay. but when i saw her walking off into the forest i was like cool she's yeah. gonna go figure it yeah, out i'm just thinking from like a general realism like perspective it's like okay does it make more sense to be like all right, I am at the the mercy of hordes of infected. I'm at the mercy of whatever fucked up crazy people are out there. And I, I do think I'm really, I'm holding on to this because, okay, maybe her and Dina don't have a future, but she continually referred to JJ in her journal um, <laughs> um, when she was moving towards Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I do not see, mm, and okay. Joel's reason to be throughout the the first one and it's what you're working towards in the whole narrative of the first one is his family that is his most important driving force and ellie becomes his family at the mm-hmm. very end i don't see ellie quote unquote honoring his memory by being like yeah i've got this kid who sees me as a mom fuck you jj <laughs> i have to have my like edgar Allan poe moment yeah. sorry it's walden it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you didn't correct that, ago. I think that would have gone over like 98% of people okay, said. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I, I guess I don't see 
Ellie as like a an edge lord in that way, for lack of better oh, term. Wow. It's like I think she's been. I, I really do think it's like she is more Go to mature than any twenty year old. <laughs> than any twenty year old should have to be. And but I don't see her dropping that mm-hmm. love for JJ so easily. Right. And I think like. And I think the only thing that was like making and and you mentioned it before, because it was just the one thing I thought of was they make such a point in the first one of Ellie mentioning that her number one fear is being Mm -hmm. alone, Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is why that was the one thing to me where it's like, I'm not quite sure that, you know, she would just be resigned to what is essentially her number one fear in life at the end there, you know. It, that was the one thing that was holding me back from thinking that she was maybe going out into the wilderness. And so, mm. you know, I I do think it might be believable that she she's resigned to the fact that she has she has a tribe in Jackson mm-hmm. that, you know, of people that need her, that see that look up to her, that see her as something, that see value mm-hmm. in her. Um and I, I think it's also just kind of mentioning as well like i i think that was just maybe another realization that ellie might have had in sparing abby as well just in that ellie lets abby go but that's with the context that abby has nothing left like abby goes off and yeah abby goes off in the boat with lev but one, you don't even know if that Lev's going to make it, yeah. one. But also, two, like, where is Abby going to go now? Mm-hmm. Like, the WLF will certainly not have her. Not have her <laughs> and are certainly... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, she literally has nothing left, yeah. whereas Ellie does have a little bit of something left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if not in Dina, then at least in, a- in JJ, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Um, and maybe Jackson. And so I think it's also just that... Yeah, it, and yeah. in Jackson. Right, because the w, Tommy. And so, no, because the, right, true. Um, although he has lost plenty himself, but the WLF was never like a family in the same well, way that Jackson was. Well, they made that point was. a lot too. Right. They, I mean, they called them the Salt Lake City crew. Like that was Abby's group, yeah. not right. the, the WLF was kind of like a convenience thing and they needed a purpose and they needed something to do and they needed people right. to be around. Right. But I do, like I agree with you. I think a lot of both of these games have been about sort of like tribes and family and how that is a driving factor for most humans. It's kind of like what we do as human beings is we have these little families and we protect them. And that's certainly what the first game was about. And I think in large part what the second game was about too, um, in terms of, and you see with all the characters, even the bad characters, right? I mean, even with a lot of them, you know, the bad guys, bad people, we should probably stop using guys. Um, they they okay. they have their own tribes and that's just kind of like how humans roll so i agree i don't think mm-hmm. ellie's going out to like become a hermit and a loner like bill was in the first game and like have her own town um mm-hmm. i just kind of see it as like her accepting like okay i gotta go figure out what i'm gonna do next but yeah. ironically like yeah. maybe it's not ironically i love how i use the word ironically but clearly like everyone is so mad at everyone else's use of the word ironically that it's like something i shouldn't even touch anymore but like continue but no i mean it's everyone's like excuse me and you're like okay whatever um same with literally i'm like all right all right i won't use it i really like that word um but anyways no it's like i think um some word that's not ironically she actually ends up in a very similar position that abby started where she is essentially now really well suited to be essentially a 
a soldier for hire or someone that has very little stake in the in the world almost anymore. Um, she does, it, and, and it depends on how you read into uh, how much of a home she has left in Jackson and how much of a, like a family specifically she has with some of the people left there. But she is clearly in a good position to join some cause and be an incredible, almost soulless soldier because of the pure damage that she's uh, accrued, but also the skill set that she has, which is where Abby starts this after she trains and it's like, my purpose is to be essentially like a hired hand for this thing that I end up but not caring about. But I also don't think about. that was ever Abby's purpose. I think Abby's purpose was revenge. And the fact that she was with the, the, mm -hmm. the wolves was because she was waiting and listening for any kind of hint. Mm -hmm. Right? Like when she talked with Owen, she talked, they sounded like she had followed up more than one lead. Sure. Like he, when she went to him being like, yeah. it's a lead, I yeah. gotta go do this. He was kind of like, are you sure you want to go follow this one? Like It seemed like the bet, the subtext that sounded to me like, we've followed other ones, it never works out. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I don't know that Abby was ever sitting there being like, I am a hired hand for these causes. I think she was sitting like, I, this is convenient for me while I wait for my purpose. Yeah. Th this is my training, so I will be ready when the day Sure, comes. yes. If so, okay, um, just because I can't, literally cannot stop thinking about this concept, um, when you're saying, okay, whether or not she has a relationship with Dina still, but she probably realistically does have one with JJ, mm -hmm. I cannot help but think, what does JJ stand for? Is it Jesse Joel? I would assume it's, yeah. It's oh. gotta be. That was gonna be my other point. It's like, I oh. mean, I think we can probably very, very safely assume that JJ is named, at least in part for, I mean, it'd be weird if he was named Joel Joel. So I, he's named in part for Joel. But it might be Joel Jesse. Yeah. I, I think it's probably Jesse Joel because Jesse Joel it, sounds well, a lot okay, better. Totally. Joel it Jesse sounds, sounds terrible. No, no, that's what I, it sounds, okay. The only thing I know is it's definitely not Jesse Jr. Neil Druckmann confirmed yeah. it's not Who Jesse Jr. That? Oh, that's he awful. Oh, my God. You played the whole game and thought that kid's name was Jesse plus, Jr.? Plus, like, like Jesse, <laughs> he he doesn't play a particularly huge role in this I'm child's sorry, life. Jesse, that is that child's father. Yeah, that's where it ends, <laughs> yeah, yeah. though. That's where it ends. <laughs> no, because he's not. No, because, something. like, they're like, I what? mean. Sorry, you want to I was going to say, it's like they make it really clear, like even just in the pictures in Ellie's kind of house at the very beginning. It's like her, Jesse, and Dina are kind like of like a, a fierce they're threesome. A, a yeah. squad. They're there. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it, I don't think it's one of those like, shit, I met Jesse at a party and now he's got to got to name the fucking baby. Also, yeah. Stop talking about how good this guy was. And Ellie does say how much Dina tells JJ about Jesse. Like, I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. And it sounds like Dina well, and Jesse were together for a really long time. Like, I. But then they definitely yeah. weren't getting back together in the way that they talked yeah, about it. Yeah, because Dina the was into Ellie. Look. But they're still. Friends. No, totally. Like, Look, I know he was kind of like on the tier list of characters, right? He was kind of like tier two. Well, I, it's hard to say where he was. Tier three, I, because it's all a trajectory. But I think in the in the scheme of that child's life, pretty important person. Yeah. Well, in the, in the child's life, I mean, he's basically <laughs> not naming, alive for I'm any moment. But your kids, someone else's name, Junior. Jo Joel, Jesse. I'm naming them junior. someone. Else. I'm saying, I mean, essentially like someone Junior, but I, not McCoy I, Junior, I, somebody else Junior. I don't think it has the and same. And then when you come back from him, I'm gonna be like, you're not that big a part of his life. You're just a dad. Yeah. No, but you understand, like, okay, so then. Look, we don't need to follow this, but the point is, like, I, I would be dead in that scenario before the child was born. Like, it, there's more, but okay. But I do... Th but you died heroically coming yeah, for he to your friends. Sorry, I thought you said died heroically coming. It's <laughs> like, what no, are we no. talking about? This no. is kind of and I think, No, I think... And 
think they could have had some really lazy story writing of making Ellie and Jesse really antagonistic sure. and sure. like, we both want the same girl. That's fucked yeah. up. But they clearly and very intentionally did not do that because I think they wanted to imply it's like this friendship the three of them have had. It's like, that's the important I thing. I do that's think, the, Claire, yeah. tell me something about this. I think they threw Dina's character under the bus a little bit because I think they were kind of like, Jesse was kind of like, eh, you know, Dina is like, she's kind of strong headed. She just said, that's what she wants. If she wants you, I'm fucking out. That was kind of the sense that I got from that. And I was like, wow, like, wait. And I think Ellie had like kind of a similar sort of like, eh, if Dina said, if this is what Dina says, like, that's what's going to happen. In, in what context? In the context and of like, like in... Ellie and Dina's relationship and then Joel and Dina not being together anymore. That was kind of the read that Sorry, I got Sorry, wait, Jess, Jesse and Jesse. Jesse. Jesus wait, Christ. Me. Okay, a lot of names. <laughs> <laughs> Linear for me. Yeah, so I, I sorry. Didn't follow and I, think I that's got the fault. sense basically that, that like Dina called the shots. That if Dina was like, "I want Ellie, Jesse, you're out." Jesse was like, mm-hmm. "Okay." Like Dina said it. It is law. Like we can't fight with her. She yeah. gets what she wants, kind of thing. Which now mm-hmm. I'm saying out loud, maybe that's not throwing Dina's character yeah, out into yeah, the bus. Yeah, I definitely. I maybe follow what you're saying, but I don't get the conclusion. Yeah. Who knows what she wants and follows yeah. her heart? It's I don't know something. I appreciated is like it's very clear in your first section before they forcefully sideline her because I think we were too powerful together as mm. a team. Mm. Um, yeah, that's but why. she, 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 like when you're having your conversation on the road to Seattle, she killed her per- first person at like ten. Right. Like this is not like right. I think they went to great lengths to make it very clear. Okay, Dina's not a damsel, even though she's going to be sidelined in like kind of the second part of Ellie's storyline. It's like. Let's make it very clear that she can fend for herself. She has traveled with her sister before she got to Jackson. She's seen some shit too type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, so I appreciated that just from, I think it's really common um, in all kind of media relationships. So I think especially sometimes with um, uh, female queer relationships is reducing the second part of the group just like their only storyline is the love interest. Mm-hmm. And so I think just obviously with a video game, you can't, it's not like you can like dedicate TV episodes to Dina's backstory, but by hinting and making her super competent and Walk through that church. like she has this, it, yeah, it's like, so going through a synagogue and getting a little bit of like character, like flavor that way. Um, I think they did their best to make her a three-dimensional character, despite her having a pretty small, um, like actual minute she was on right. the screen. And and they definitely play her as being a very outspoken assertive. Like, I think yeah. that's the word yeah. I was looking assertive, for. Yeah, she's assertive, assertive character, yeah. you know. Right. She she's going around like I think that like in that dance scene when when Jesse's just like, you know, he he's watching Dean dance and he's like, oh she likes to like put a lot of attention yeah. under herself and <laughs> yeah. you know and Ellie just kind of rolls her eyes, but then like as they're dancing together, she's just like, everybody's staring at you, Dina. Like, what mm-hmm. yeah. is going she's on? She's like, maybe think, it's you, yeah. And also like, yeah. I think what I was, you Sorry, know, there's also just the quirky part of like, you know, they're they're in the uh, the grow house and Dina just like smashes the <laughs> bottle on the floor yeah. to get the joints out of the jar. Like, it's just one of those things of just like, okay, she's like, she's clearly written to just be this like crazy assertive person who just gets what she yeah. wants. Because, I think yeah, that what I was trying to is. trying to describe was that 
Jesse and Ellie to me both kind of seem like resigned about Dina's um, assertiveness. And it's like, well, like with the dancing scene or any of those, like they're kind of like, okay, if this is what Dina says she wants, like we're just going to have to go with this because she's not going to back down. And like, if she wants Ellie, she gets Ellie kind of, I mean, not that Ellie didn't want her to, I'm not trying to say that, but that seemed like her, a little bit of her character and that both Jesse and Ellie to me were like, yep, she's just dancing and everyone's looking at her and like, this is just what it's going to be. And I think with the end to Jesse and Dina's relationship and the start of Ellie and Dina's relationship, Jesse was kind of just like, look, man, if that's what Dina says that she wants, yeah. like, this is what we're doing well, so because maybe, maybe is, like we don't, she's, she's going to get her way. Maybe if I'm trying to understand what you're saying, I, I do think there's something to be said for, um, Huh, it's like how do I put this? Like in Jackson, like the maturity level, especially between all these characters, is like in my opinion really low. And they are also young, so okay, like all fits together short. But but Jesse's approach to that breakup is so ridiculously beyond his years. It's like stunning to me. And maybe that's like sticking out to you, where you're like, where's the fuck? Why does he just like sure, man? Fucking cool. We dated for a ton of time. Actually, for that matter, like she's fathering I mean my child. I don't know that yet. But like sure, whatever you can have her, I guess. I got the impression that they had been on and off a lot. I think maybe you're right. So, I think it does hint that at some point that they had never been super yeah. consistent. So it kind of makes sense why there wasn't more right. of like an emotional like try to steal my yeah. girl. Type. Yeah, which again, also dude, did that say it had been like a bro. week or something since they broke up, and I was like, this is yeah, rapid yeah, fire yeah. That's the part that was here. crazy to me is how fast that happens and how fast the resignation is. But the thing is, I would actually take this to to this point, which I think maybe even wraps to a higher point about this game, which maybe is I think something we've been toying with, but I think Jesse's character is a perfect example in a smaller microcosm of what this game does in a larger macrocosm, which is just that he, I think personally, when first shown is um, maybe the only person with any sense I might give him that, but other than that, he doesn't have a lot of depth. He's all right. He's there. He's another character that they've shown that doesn't have a lot of depth. That's his early introduction. But I do think they come back around to give, to flesh in uh, or pencil in the detail yeah, and of his character. Yeah, that's you know he's going to die. Right, right. But what I mean is that um, it's hard to unsee and unknow the context that and 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 personality and soul that they do end up giving him. And so I think we've now in our mind like kind of recolored the whole experience with him, knowing more about him. Um, and I feel that's actually true potentially of the whole game. Um, and I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. It's just clearly after you get the extra shades of character development with all of these people, it recontextualizes earlier experiences with them where, where I think first jesse was just strange to me it's all right he had the more sense than them i appreciated that but i didn't know anything about him really and then when we finally got to know him and i saw his face right before he was about to get killed i, I saw it again i was like that's jesse oh that dude he was a good dude like you know it had all finally fit into place so i guess what i'm saying is how do you guys try to conceptualize and or I don't know, make points about or make rating systems about the concept that clearly this game is so nonlinear, even in the sense of like you play through the game, you have an experience at the time, but then you recontextualize that experience later and more and more and more and more until finally you feel like you've got it all and got all the pieces. Like, have you guys had that experience of really seriously changing previous understandings and expectations and feelings of the game 
like as you're now completed as you've now sat with this game completed for days and weeks maybe like does it does it keep um developing and 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 uh yeah developing in anyone's mind or or do we feel like it's done or like like do you, do you guys Brothers, know what i'm saying just there? let them answer they, they know what you're saying okay cool nice I mean, you've played through it twice, Claire. Do you? Is the question like? Lena's like they understand. Yeah, exactly. Let me start again. I know. Sorry, I, I, thought, know. I just thought he'd asked <laughs> it so many times. I was like, they either understand it or they don't. No, I needed one more pass around okay, to actually you go. be clear. But you know, right. what I mean is that when I first played, um, very much, I would say the beginning, but even just Ellie's section in general, I had a particular take, like a hot take, if you would. And maybe that's mm -hmm. the definition of a hot take is that you have it at the time. But certainly it has aged as I've learned more about these characters and the story, especially in parallels, but also just afterwards, it's begun to fill in a lot of the gaps. And it's, I really struggle with remembering and even thinking about what I felt like the first time through where those gaps mm -hmm. existed because mm -hmm. now they're filled mm -hmm. and it makes so much sense so how do you guys grapple with that when thinking about this game okay um i let's see i will say so i don't remember a ton because i have all this background information now yeah. i don't remember and it's probably because i was in a three hour <laughs> of sleep fucking whatever you want to call that. But I think having the additional information for the second playthrough, I think that really increased my enjoyment of it because I was attached to, let's say, the secondary characters earlier on. Uh, I still fucking hated Owen, but like I had a soft spot for Mel because she got fucked over so mm -hmm. badly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that as well as, I think just having that a little extra context about Ellie's last conversation with Joel. Right. Um, while obviously I didn't have that intense emotional punch the first time when you come to the realization that was their last interaction. But going through, I think, especially the first sections, um, having that little extra background, I really appreciated having because right. it was almost just like a different right. experience that's what, that's what i'm trying around. to get at it must have been yeah. literally yeah. night and day difference and i think what we're dealing yeah. with right now or, and maybe we're not dealing with it now multiple weeks after this game has been done but certainly hours and days after it was launched it felt like from the outside what i could see when not without looking in without trying to get anything spoiled it felt like we were getting all this um, opinion around their experience of the opening of the game and the first section mm -hmm. of the game without those things filled in. Yes. Right? Absolutely. I think that's been one of the more pleasant things about being on social media the last couple of weeks as people are not only finishing the entire story, but maybe starting their second playthrough, but also just having time to sit with the ending. I'm seeing a lot more just nuanced opinions about a very good game as opposed to the kind of reaction fuck this this sucks which was mine it's like playing abby right. for mm -hmm. 10 hours wasn't digging it but as time has passed um again social media is never a good place for nuance but i've <laughs> seen an encouraging amount of that recently um, as more people have finished and have had the opportunity right, to play. Right, and more time to potentially think and, and simmer and, and yes. all these things that I think we can very clearly look at as flaws to a review cycle 
that is so demanding yes. and so quick. Um, and so I, I, I want to open this as open as people are willing to be and close it if you want. I just, I haven't really done much uh, research in any of the controversy because <laughs> I, I just live in a world where I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I, I think I'm happy. Also, until really, you. I was going to say, you are... So, like, the, the thing that kind of hurts my soul, at least when I saw the initial hot takes going into this game, is so many people are whittling down... I, I say so many, but I guess there's a vocal vocal section on the internet who are so pissed off and they whittle down the game to it's a game about getting your revenge but then you don't go through with it at the end so what's the whole point of it i feel like those people maybe missed the point of the game to be honest well exactly and so like it's 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 that kind of stuff that just irks me because a like there's that cliche saying of like it's not about the destination it's about the journey to get there like for one thing and also, too, I'm like, okay, you have the reading comprehension of like a sixth yeah, but, but it's, but it, and that's how we get phrase. them to understand. But it's, an, it's, an, it's, an, it's a new concept that is beyond reading comprehension. I, I don't know if we, I can't term it. I don't know, game comprehension, something. There's a word for this. Right, and emotional it is... intelligence. <laughs> God damn. Well, so like, and, and actually, so when I was also thinking about all of these initial hot takes, on the game, and I'll call them hot takes, because honestly, I think whittling down the game to it's dumb because you don't get your revenge. I think that's a stupid sure. hot take. I'm just gonna go right out yeah. and say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it harkens back to a game that we've played before in Firewatch, mm-hmm. where that was a game that was very controversial at the end. Now, albeit maybe a little bit less so because it was an indie game and it was a one-off. It wasn't coming off of like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a like the most hotly anticipated sequel of the decade. Right, exactly. Okay, sure. Yes, but it was still a very hotly divided, um, divided. I guess uh, outcome in terms of reviewers and player reception, okay. where. There's a lot of people, and I guess, Claire, to describe to you what Firewatch is like, you're playing as a guy who's talking to this girl, Delilah. You play as two two, uh, rangers in a national park. And you're talking to this girl, Delilah, and the whole time the game kind of hints that maybe you'll get to see Delilah, but at the end you never get to see her. Mm -hmm. And you just go back to normal life. And there's a bunch of stuff that happens in the game that kind of turns out to not actually you know, amount to anything. So it's like realistic or something? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. okay. So, um, but, but so like the, the thing was, you know, there were people in this game who saw, you know, saw the beauty in that journey, saw the beauty in those subliminal messages of, you know, like life goes on. But then you had a hotly contested group that just complained about, you never got to see mm-hmm. Delilah. It was bullshit. Yeah. Where's Delilah? And, and, and McCoy, back at that episode mentioned something that also resonated with me for this game in that, you know, they could never reveal who Delilah was because at that point in the game, your mind has created such a vision of who Mm -hmm. Delilah is that the game could never compare. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel similarly to how this revenge thing would go. Like if you were so dead set on killing Abby, at that point in the game, your ideation of what revenge would look like has surpassed anything 
that could even be humanly possible. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, there, there's no way that the the game could even live up to a revenge. But I also think of like, her expectations. That's the point of the game. Like the point of the game is that yeah. the, the <laughs> revenge is this thing that Ellie and Abby are both are like. This is going to solve our problems. Like someone has taken something from us, and we are going to take it from them, and that's going to make us feel better, and we're going to be okay. And I feel like this whole game kind of subverts that idea and tries to say that revenge is not what you think it's going to be and that even if you get it, it will never live up to those expectations that you have in your head Mm -hmm. for how incredible it's going to be and what a release it's going to be and all of that. And And it's just going to fuck you up more. And the cost is great. Like to me, that's the journey that this game was trying to take you on. And so I think by people who say which I haven't heard, but if if people who are out there, which I totally believe they're out there, who Those are saying that like by not giving you revenge, the game has kind of robbed you. I'm, I think that they're, they missed the point of the game and the point mm-hmm. of the journey that the characters were on. Well, it's and, a- the, and it, I, I also agree that it's, it's a Firewatch Catch-22, but I think that I trust, like Naughty Dog is such a talented studio and they're such talented storytellers that I think if they had wanted to give you revenge on Abby... They could have, and they could have made a great story. You 100% could have choked her out in those ways, and it probably would have fucked Ellie up, and it it wouldn't have been what those people wanted either. You'd probably still have people on the internet saying, like, yo, you, we killed her, but now we're sad. Like, what the fuck is up with that? We should be like, you know, a bit, you know, fucking, we should have war paint on her blood and just go back to Jackson and like be so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think that's the problem that Last of Us, that this game has, that this game is so different from Last of Us 1. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Yeah. And it's so, I mean, McCoy keeps comparing it to artsy movies, which like frankly are not everyone's cup of tea. Exactly. And I think anytime you mm-hmm. make something that is subtle and unexpected and subversive in the message it is trying to get across and the impact it wants to have, and that takes, I would consider it to be like a pretty bold departure from the original to the sequel, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a lot of people who are just upset. Oh, definitely. For a huge variety I, of reasons. I think, some of which are legit, yeah, and some I of which aren't. The, mm-hmm. I think the main issue I have with engaging with some of the critiques, so some of the kind of short-sighted ones, like she didn't get a revenge, sure. to so, even the ones that are written really well being like, Joel died in the first three hours, like it's super frustrating. Sure. I'm... I find it is very, and this is, it's the nature of the internet and just who yells the loudest. I find it very difficult to separate those critiques, which could in some people's mind be be valid. It's hard to separate those from the absolutely vile, hateful shit that was doled out when the, the, uh, everything first leaked. Hmm. Um, and just the, the homophobic, transphobic, anti-Semitic, just absolute, just one of those things where I'm like, I don't even want to say I'm interested in video games because I don't want to be conflated with these fuckers type things. These are the people who send death threats to voice actor type things. And so I find it really hard to have a good conversation about this game in which I can listen to people's critiques and be like, you know, that's a good point. This is what I think. I, I find it really hard to separate um good critique from things that you're just looking for something to bitch about um in a way and this is really really gone to show it's just like oh man is this like 
are video games in general, is that a community I want to really delve deeper into? If people think it's okay to be reacting like this when a story doesn't go their way, it's like, God, bad news, man. It's like women in gaming. Yeah, we're used to not playing as women. It's like, it's just, it's, it's tough. It's tough, and, I, and I'm spiraling a little bit, so let's bring it well, back. I, I, all I want to say really quickly time, is that, yeah. um, unfortunately, yeah. uh, should you choose to to make your um, beautiful exit from video games, you will not find solace in most political discussion or, you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, exactly. No, so, no I, think, I think that is a good just kind of thing to mention. It's like, no, this is, this is just how rhetoric is yeah, exactly. right now. It's like we don't have, like, oh, you know. I like the, this part of that. I'm going to take what I like and leave the rest. It's like, no, it's when if, if you hate something, it's like it's a, it's a moral obligation. Yes. Now you can't just be like, oh, no, I wasn't a fan of this character. It's like, no, they were actually a shit person. Yeah. If you like them, you're fucked up type thing. It's just like, OK, guys, can we appreciate but like it's a currency a, now. It's yeah. a weaponized currency. God, and I mean that because yeah. and I don't mean to call this YouTuber out randomly. Of course, just like this is like the definition of punching up because this guy's gigantic and successful. But think of a YouTuber named the Angry Joe Show. What is he weaponizing? Oh my god, yeah. Like he's weaponizing mm-hmm. this idea that the gamers have this right to just hate things and that that's yeah. what they resonate with. Um and look, like I, I understand that, yes, he has had some nuanced critique, and I don't, I'm not even talking about him, dude. I'm just talking about the people that do the same concept but under a different name. Like, this is something yeah. that resonates with people, and there's this intense, um, by the way, the whole fucking world now, whether they're Twitch streamers or fucking random people on Twitter or even people with a podcast, they sit there and they find themselves to be budding game reviewers, and they try to figure out what they would want to do. And they have this really intense idea Mm -hmm. of, I would have liked it differently. And they want to say that so loud. But when you look at this game, I definitely had lots of thoughts early on about what I would have liked them to do. And we've we've shared plenty of them on this podcast. But when it ended, it's like, oh, right. It's not about what I would have wanted them to do. It's about what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that's a totally different thing. Like if you look at AAA gaming right now, you'll see fan bases that exist. They love Battlefield. They're fans of Battlefield. We're going to make another Battlefield. I hope we please the Battlefield fans. That's their entire goal. This did not have Mm -hmm. that intention. It did not have the intention of we're going to take the existing Last of Us fan base and we're going to please them. It's like we're going to serve them in the best artistic way that we can. That is so different. So when you wrap that up and all these people that want things to be different and have weaponized hate, it it's unfortunately like a really successful way of communicating on the internet is frustration and anger and all these mm-hmm. sorts of things and people are literally I, I say it's a currency right it's a social currency it's upvotes and all sorts of stuff but it's also these motherfuckers be getting paid all day long too on their youtube channels for this shit all the controversy all yeah. that pays everyone it, it pays everyone from the people who say just the ludicrous shit to the people who make videos about how they're defending against the ludicrous shit like they're getting paid too like mm-hmm. everyone down the whole line um is just getting paid for this and it's become this engine and that engine drives rhetoric it drives the internet it drives platforms it drives creators and content and all this and it's all wrapped up and you're just trying to fucking enjoy an artsy game that really like that like touched yeah. you in a way that you did not expect and you have thoughts ups and downs this didn't land this did land and it's just totally drowned out by this fucking noise dude and it's loud mm-hmm. and it hurts. Like, dude, yeah. 
all so i again like i said i did not partake in all of this shit because i had the the luxury of being playing this game slow and so i could just pretend like i wasn't watching spoilers but then i just haven't gotten around to watching that many reviews yet a couple have been sent to me oh no way i'm not i'm dude i've seen like one which (laughs) i thought was really well thought out but i think I, I have a problem. This is mm. something I need mm. to work on that other people's review affect my enjoyment right. of something. So I could I could play a game that I give 10 out of 10 stars. And if I see a review kind of poking holes and bitching about it, I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. I didn't like have any fun. Anyways. You can have a fucking opinion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so that's something I need to work on. But that's another reason that I have intentionally, like, Stayed out of the comment section, sure. stayed out of YouTube reviews for the most part, other than ones I know give quality thoughts. But it's just the internet's a fucking cesspool. Yeah, it is. But and I it, think it's sad. what both of you were just talking about, McCoy's and, and Claire, what you were just talking about is that I think part of what, I don't know if we've lost it, but I guess maybe part of it is like what I believe is that with anything like this or kind of in life in general but like especially with something like a like a movie or a game or a piece of whatever like everyone is entitled to have their own experience with it and their own feelings about it like you're mm-hmm. allowed to feel your feelings you can yeah. be mm-hmm. mad you can be happy you yeah. can love that they have a lesbian relationship in this you can be like wow i wasn't expecting that like you can you can hate they killed joel in the first four hours because it's not what you wanted you can feel mm-hmm. all those things and you can have your own experience with the game just like all four of us had very different experiences playing this game and we got different things out of it and have different interpretations of what it is and we don't have to scream at each other about who's right. We can just kind of right. let each other have had our experiences and have felt our feelings yes. and it's great to talk about those. But there's a difference when you start to tell other people what their feelings and experiences should be with a game, which actually we, I totally yeah. just did when I was like, anyone who thinks that, that they should have given them revenge is just stupid. <laughs> Look, I nice. think you should probably replay Last of <laughs> yeah, Us. But dude, the, the ben- no, but the benefit that I'm you have. I'm talking to the people. Okay. I okay. think that they should probably okay. replay <laughs> Last of Us 2 and like just think about it a little bit more and think if it's still, if you still yeah. think they should have given them revenge or if you can find a different journey, journey in this game because I think there's a different journey in this game. But I can also hear you if you really love Joel and you just, if you wanted revenge, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Everybody, I think, especially with a game that takes you on such a journey and is so kind of like subtle and subversive and messes with you, everyone has their own experiences with that. And there are certainly parts of this game that I was not sure about. And there are parts of this game that I don't know if I liked. And there are parts of this game that I really loved and that really hit me in ways. And they probably aren't the same for me as they were for any of the rest of us or for anybody out there. Sure. And I just, I think that the internet and maybe people in general have lost the difference between this is my experience and it's valuable and important to me. And this is my experience and everybody else must share it. Yeah. Like they're trying to find the Mm -hmm. experience. What, what is the answer to the question of how good is this game or something like that? Like you have to find the answer. And if I feel this way, but, but dude, look at the landscape of what has been really popular over the past couple of years. One of the most popular things that I'll cite right now, one of the most career defining content creator uh, defining moments ever was not a good game, but was instead Fallout 76, where everyone could just sit and just attack and beat this thing while it was down and destroy it. And the reason was because, for the most part, people agreed. 
they all had that frustration and they all shared it and they amplified it to the point where, I mean, people, I mean, videos, like if you look, there's like a, a reviewer that I really love and uh, one of his uh, Fallout 76 videos where he's like, hey man, this is really bad. He was one of the the leaders in saying that movement. I mean, it's like, it's like 10 times the views of anything else he's ever made. It's not even close. Like, and that's what these people are searching for. But what I would say as a positive note, as a glimmer of hope, uh, is that when we've talked about the medium of Twitter being not a great one for depth, if there is a medium that is a great one for depth, if there is one that is, is it the this ant- podcast, motherfucker, I was building that shit. <laughs> sorry, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't know if you were going there and I ruined it. <laughs> is podcasts? It's discussion. It's this. It's unedited. This is what the antidote is, in my opinion. This is a signal that can come out there and can resonate with people who wanted to have a legitimate discussion where people can have different experiences with this game, but they can still all respect each other, listen, be open, but also learn. Also, all just share in the enjoyment of what it is to have played this game. Enjoyment, question mark. We still haven't decided whether enjoyable is the right. (laughs) And maybe that'll be so, yes. But the point is, um, I do truly believe that this medium, specifically speech, but also conversation between humans is to some degree an antidote in the sea of poison that we experience in rhetoric today. So mm-hmm. That was beautiful. I want to go back a little bit to something else you said, because I think it's a good point to something Claire said. Sounds and good. I want to bring them together. Sounds good. If I can do that. Sounds good. I think the other thing that McCoy, you were just pointing out that people like love to like loved to jump on like the Fallout 76 train where they could all agree. I think yeah. there's like a, a joy in finding people that you agree with. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a joy in being right. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. I was um, very, I don't want to, dorky is the wrong word, but I in college and in high school really enjoyed reading all the literature that was given to me and like figuring out a theory and proving it and like be, and being right finding out that that was the author's intent, right? And I think that's why fan theories are so mm-hmm. big on the internet is because everyone wants to be able to do that. And I think like, for example, Clara's theory that she just laid out to us about the end of Last of Us and what it might be and what it might mean and how where Ellie might be going next. Like there is a very human joy to one, putting those puzzle pieces together and two, to being right and having people agree with you. I wasn't that smart. That was the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you need to attribute uh, okay. it. So yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, like yeah, yeah, so yeah, being true. able to do that and having people on the internet, like I think that's another thing. People are just, they're searching for that. And I used, you know, there are different ways people get that satisfaction. I used to get it by probably also not super healthy, turning in my essay and getting an A. And my professor would be like, you're right. <laughs> that was a big thing for me. I got a lot of joy from that. But I think people on the internet are finding it in the same ways. And so when you get that positive feedback, that's what people are searching for. And so I think it's also okay for people to want to be right and to want to find these fan theories or to want to have their opinions and have people, other people agree with them. That's a human thing. We should all be fine with that. Of course. But, just like, but it's the way nice that they humans. go about it. Of course. Yes, of course. And yeah, the sad right. reality of what Claire has outlined in that um, whether we like it or not, it um, takes up space in, in people's minds. They're, they're trying to just sift their way through this and trying to find a delicate and thoughtful uh, conversation. And instead, they, they, they can't help but shake 
what the internet has, has shown them. Like this is like, I often, um, I listen to some really large podcasts and uh, one of the, the hosts always tells his guests, don't read the comments for this episode. Seriously, don't do this to yourself. And they're often much smaller mm-hmm. as a platform and they really want to know. And, and trust me, we are all searching for feedback. Every last one of our human beings, whether we make stuff yeah, or so not. Yeah, so you could comment and subscribe to our YouTube <laughs> channel. <laughs> if you think we did a great job with Send this episode. Send an email to oh Tyranny at Thumb. A tyr- nope, that's not right. Let me try again. Send an email at tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com to Thanks, be read Elena. on the air. Yeah, and the comment is going to be, hey, I thought McCoy was making a great point there, but where did that go? um but yeah no but seriously like um it's it's i don't even honestly yeah maybe we get to the review section maybe this is where we are i feel like we stepped up slowly but surely and i want to maybe unless anybody has anything else to say well so i i I was just gonna mention one more thing about this this ecosystem of social media critique and i would also say like outrage but also just mm-hmm. I, I, would just I don't say, even want to call co- some of it like critique i know i think there's a difference thought. between like some of it's just and then just vitriolic anger but we could that's neither here nor right. now but i agree um we're also in this really weird time right now where and i think mccoy is mentioning you know there are games now with fan bases mm-hmm. yeah and as a result, a lot of gamers believe that because they're a fan of a franchise or of a storyline, they therefore get to have a say. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are also in this weird time right now where people think that they have a say so much where they literally create petitions to have people change the endings yes. to games. Mm-hmm. There is a petition mm-hmm. out there to change the ending to Last of Us 2. Oh, my God. Because... They go to go to therapy. therapy. (laughs) Oh, that was actually really close. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but like, and to me, it it's just. I always say it just makes my heart Mm -hmm. sad, and I mean, I really do think that though, just in the sense that people now, their their idea of good content is something that completely lines up with what Mm -hmm. they think and anything less is bad Mm -hmm. or unacceptable. Um, I've watched plenty of movies where I don't like the ending to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I've played plenty of games where the ending is a little bit strange and I'm not sure if I like it or not, or I just, I just feel uneasy or bad or sad. Um, And Never once have I ever thought, you know, I can make a difference and change mm-hmm. the ending yeah. to this. I I think a lot of people need to revisit the fact that they, they just need to go back to their roots in a sense and be happy with what is presented to them. Not, not necessarily be happy with what is presented to them, but learn to accept what is in right. front of them. For mm-hmm. what it is. And you can have your opinions on it. But this whole vitriolic, yeah. we must change the ending, anything less is yes. bad, yeah. um, is really unfortunate. And it's happened to oh, a yes. lot of stuff right now. It's happened mm-hmm. with the Game of Thrones yes. finale. It's happened with a mm-hmm. lot of book yeah. endings, a lot of movies, a lot yeah. of TV shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it happened with Mass Effect. I Mass was going to say, exactly. it, it, it happened and with Mass Effect and it improved it as a result. But no, it's, it's, it's really fascinating because I love to... Uh, do the intellectual exercise of what would I have done? I think it's a valuable, beautiful exercise to do, but it's not to be confused with 
here's what you you need to do. Here, I'm not going into anyone else's uh, space to tell them what the fuck they should have been doing. I'm just trying to think, you know, based on what I've seen now, what would I change? And I think like people have kind of missed that part where they're like, they just, they see some like half fleshed out idea in their head. They spout it on a podcast and then they just demand that that be what it is. And it's just like such a miss, like such mm-hmm. a weird thing. Like I can't, it's really yeah. honestly like kind of uncomfortable like but i think in the same way it comes from sort of a good place it becomes from people being really attached to these things and really caring about them and caring maybe because they really um you know felt close to a character or they really related to a story like it, there's there's some point of connection there that makes them feel like this thing is so mm-hmm. important to them mm-hmm. and but i think that it almost makes them forget that like ultimately what last of us is is someone's like creative vision this is a journey that this writer and for last of us this team of people wants to take us on it's not ours even if we feel really really close to a character and so i mean i think that you know what i mean i think it comes from a good place of loving something but but it's but it's like then they like squeeze it too hard and it dies yeah i think that some of like what I see as some of like the most legitimate critiques in media in general is when like the writer doesn't remain true to like the characterization of people. And so like I can totally understand frustration if you're like, okay, this is the character and they were like this the first episode and suddenly they're doing this two hours later. Like that's bullshit. That's frustrating. I get that. The thing like I don't think any of us can look at like Last of Us Part Two and be like, None of these decisions made sense. Yeah. It's like the fact that they they painstakingly wrote these people's backstories. They've probably did so much more writing than we ever actually saw on the screen. Yeah. And it's like, so we can't look at any of these endings for these characters and being like, well, that made no fucking sense right. type 100%. thing. So I think in that way, they stayed really true to their prior characterizations and for me, as a consumer of media, that's my main uh, point of appreciation. It's like, okay, the plot might not end the way I want it to or the perfect way, but as long as I still recognize the characters and I understand the choices they make, um, that that um, I can look at like with appreciation regardless of what yeah. the ending is. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny because you can tell they've done such a good job here because you can hold two two concepts true in your head at the same time like what you've just said in the sense of i really thought they stayed true to the character but you can also say things like in the end of this game ellie is unrecognizable but that means that they got her Mm -hmm. there in such a way that was believable along the way that fit within her character by the end it was unrecognizable like that's truly a journey um Mm -hmm. and an impressive one for sure (sighs) exhale are we down to do that whole rating thing i kind of want to pose it as (laughs) Mm -hmm. such okay i actually do want people to try their best and answer the question did you enjoy this game also you can say what you want to say about the game but i do think there is value in saying that component because i do think it really um gives another dimensionality to this experience which is so atypical in gaming where it feels like um, gaming is about enjoyment and they're one for one and maybe art isn't. And so where's the line here and where does this experience sit for you? So I think that's something to add to 
the way you review this game. Um, and then quickly, I will go over the rating systems. I was going to say, are we going to have to go over the stars, though? Because I know uh, you don't want to. There's one star, the golden star. That's the one that means it spoke to your soul at a high level. It's something that you will cherish. It doesn't have to, I guess, and probably the only, I would never qualify this for any other game, but it doesn't have to be good or bad in terms of the way you cherish it. It's just that this game is truly head and shoulders above, and it's something that you think is 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 beyond and i would say specifically it speaks to you in some way that's what we all gave last of us one right mm -hmm. right then there's two thumbs up you know it was really great or whatever and there's one thumbs up then there's no thumbs and there's thumbs down okay cool the rest are pretty self-explanatory but the golden star right obviously has that extra dimensionality to it um cool so you can make go first i think so this is such a weird theory for me because it's always like do you if you make the guests go first then like that's kind of mean because i guess like they're not as familiar with the system but then also they have the f the most amount of topics they can touch on that no one else has touched on so they can really create their their whole paper with without any um hesitation of stepping over someone but then of course if you make them go in the middle they can actually piggyback off other people's ideas it's a fucking trade wreck okay so are we considering like narrative gameplay emotional impact it's the whole shebang it's like it's one rating for everything okay. yeah do you want us to play the music so you can think about it i don't have the music oh mccoy doesn't have the music <laughs> oh the rating music i think about the music. last of us music i was like da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> No, but the thing is, it's tough. This is truly a difficult process. And this is probably part of the reason why the game conversation about these sorts of things is so confused is because at the end of the day, they had to give it a, most people, many people had to give it a number between zero and 10. We don't quite do that, but the premise is similar. It's hard. This is such a multidimensional experience. Mm -hmm. And yet there is an exercise in uh, boiling it down. Um, so then, okay, fine. Just maybe we'll start with Zoe then. Zoe can set the example she can lead us into the the promised land of a post last of us two part two whatever the fuck world Whew. right okay so when i think about the last of us two and i'm thinking about the impact that it had on me as a gamer the impact of its gameplay its set pieces it's music, just the whole shebang, the whole experience at hand. To me, it's very special to me, and I therefore think it deserves a golden star from me. Um, it's not a happy golden right. star, <laughs> I'll right. say. Like, it doesn't have a smiley face in the middle. Um, it This game transcends into a it, it, it's it's from a realm of video games that I never thought was possible mm -hmm. in that the the impact of se several of, the, of its uh, game decision points of some of its button mashing moments, some of its combat moments um, really put me in this bizarre headspace where I felt. You know, I was feeling the elation. I was feeling the fear. I love that feeling of the Rat King honing oh, down God. on me, me emptying my whole clip into it and just being oh like, God. fucking die, just fucking die. Like, I fucking love that shit. Mm. And this game, I think, just hit all, all of its emotional beats with me. And maybe maybe there were some like story points that maybe I think could have been improved or some that didn't quite hit well. But the, I think the story beats that they needed to hit 
hit for me. Um, I loved playing as Ellie again. I loved her combat style. I loved playing as Abby as well. And I loved her combat style. And that variance in gameplay made things fresh while also being a part of this extremely ex vast um, storyline that was so ambitious to begin with. And the fact that they were able to glean anything from that in general, I think, is a feat in itself. Um, you know, love the visuals. Absolutely gorgeous game to play through. Um, you know, the, the music itself, uh, we, we never really sure. talked about it, I guess, like at all during the podcast. It's the music is such a departure from the first game and that the first game, it's all of these minimalist guitar plucks. This one's more of a... I don't even know what to call it. It's it's a steady, like, done, done, done. Mm -hmm. Like, as you're doing these combat moments. Um, it's much more menacing, I but think. But I think it's... Yes, but it's it's very telling of the, the new environment that we are in. Uh, the, this new environment that we are in for The Last of Us, um, which I thought was great. And Gustavo Santolaya is just a genius in itself. And Jesus Christ, those end credit music. Oh, it's oh. so good. Like, I wasn't ready for the duet. I'm going to sue for emotional damages. That was unexpected and it fucked me up. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I guess the point is, I will also mention, this is probably going to be a game that I will give a gold star. And I think about it and... I don't know about its replayability mm -hmm. for me. I honestly, they, they do have New Game Plus, which is really cool to do. Maybe eventually I'll revisit it. But this is just a heavy, expansive game that is going to take a lot of your time and a lot of your energy. And because of that, I'm kind of happy just sitting back and playing through it once. But then also I watch some of these set pieces online. I'm like, oh, I want to play through that bit again. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be on the horse with Haven on fire, like, going the, through that again. The like, that cost was cool. to finding that moment again in another playthrough is just so hard. Exactly. <laughs> there needs to be, like, a chapter oh, select I, I will game. definitely say, though, um, that it feels like, I can't be sure, but in a couple of years, this might be a real powerful thing to return to. Do you kind of get that feeling a little, like... Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A hundred percent. It is certainly, it's, I, I'll just say like, it's not in the same realm as Last of Us, as Claire said, where I play through The Last of Us and I can easily see myself picking it back up again next month mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. This is definitely a game that needs a good long while to marinate again. And maybe, maybe I will pick this game back up again, but it probably is going to be, I don't know, a year, a year and six months. Like who, yeah. who knows? Yeah. Um, Many years. But, and I think just that in itself, showing the impact that this game has had me is deserving of its gold star. Um, I felt emotionally ruined yeah. <laughs> over a lot of a lot of parts of it. But it is an experience that is just so unique to gaming right now. And mm -hmm. it makes me very excited to see that this is setting the bar for gaming storytelling in the future. You know, and also, to me, it's crazy because, you know, you look at Last of Us 1 and you're just like, where are they going to go from here? And they did something with that. Uh, their expectations were so high. 
um, the, the wishes were so high going into this. It was delayed seven fucking years <laughs> to get yeah. to this point. And I love the product that they delivered. Mm-hmm. So it gets my golden and star. Did you enjoy playing it? Just tag that on at the end. How did it feel? Can you even possibly answer that question? I know that's the question everyone's trying to answer online. It's yeah, because it it's it's so weird, right? Because it's there's phases of this game, right? The the combat I found to be really enjoyable because of the creativity. The fact that these rooms that you are in are so big, the elements that you can uh, that you can I guess like string moves off of or utilize to your advantage, like it's so varied that sometimes I want to just play again just to see if I can maybe like you know style on some. <laughs> <laughs> style on some bros and like in in a in a way or not um instead of just i don't know just sneaking and constantly stabbing people in the neck maybe right. but um in that way i think the gameplay is enjoyable um i mean rat king fight i was frustrated by i'm not gonna lie i was really frustrated but i think overall i'm gonna say the game was enjoyable to play. Um, I, I think that's just the only way I can say it. I think I've said my whole piece just about, you know, like all of the all of the story beats hitting and everything. I, I do think I enjoyed it. But like I said, it's in this weird space where I enjoyed it, but I'm not going to pick it up again for another year or yeah. so because of that emotional toll it takes which is just a very unique position to be in with the game. Because with some games, it's like, I, I enjoyed it. I'm going to play it again. Uh, so, yeah, we're in this like weird, like, I know. Realm. It's the like, most Last of Us 2 existence. Like, dude, I think of, I think of some of the yeah. games that were more textbook enjoyable and you beat them. Let's say they're 20 hours or 100 mm-hmm. hours or whatever. You beat them. And I feel like I always walk away from that being like, yeah, I could play this again. And but really when I return to it, I only play it for like five to ten minutes and I never like play it again because I like kind of had the experience already. This one I think should I ever muster what it takes to play it again, I think I will play it entirely from start to finish. And that's exactly. a totally different thing. And and just the knowing the sheer extent of what that investment's going to look like, you know, knowing that it's going to be another 30 hours that you're going to spend on this. And you want to play it somewhat in a, you know, in a streamlined way. Like it's not, it's not a game that you can pick up, put down for two weeks and then pick back up again. It's a game that you kind of need to have this consistent flow and investment into as you're playing it. And because of that, I think that's why it's going to take me another year just because I need to just find time to pencil in in my pathetic adult life you know i'll pencil in this week i'll play last of us part two but oh, i'm um, getting emails fuck yes <laughs> yeah. oh, yes well said but, uh, but yeah so okay then who wants to go next maybe i'll go next elena unless you want to jump in no, okay i'll go then elena will go then claire can finish I think it claire definitely needs yeah, to yeah she finish finishes it, it she tells us she the real played answer this game twice she right? deserves to tell us the answer that's what i said like that's what yeah exactly like what, what you were mentioning about how the internet wants to be right claire, claire can deserves be right. to be right yeah okay <laughs> she has been through hell <laughs> but okay so let me be wrong until we get there okay. um cool okay so um i had a lot of different opinions and experiences with this game as i went through playing it and um 
I do suffer from the ability of like, how can I truly parse what I felt like before when I was playing it versus what I feel like now when I'm playing it. And I think at the end of the day, the um, should you not quit the game in the middle, which I definitely wouldn't recommend and I personally wouldn't do, should you not do that, then the the end experience is is the experience of the one with the most shades of, of color and interest and, and depth. And so I definitely think a lot of this game, especially early on to me, like, I, I really, I really, it's not that I didn't like it, but I really didn't like what it was telling me it was going to do. Like, I didn't like where it was going. I didn't like the, um, a lot of the new characters. They weren't as good as those characters I remember from the golden days. Like, I just had all those feelings. Um, but... Um, the more I've played this game and the more they fleshed those characters out, and especially after the end when I realized it wasn't really about what I wanted, and I kept saying to myself over and over and over again, I'm not sure if this game lives up to Last of Us 1. I'm not sure if it does last, it, if it reaches the heights of Last of Us 1, right? And that's a very linear ladder. Like, well, there's, you know, and think of it in ratings, for example, right? Like, Last of Us 1 was a golden star, but this game doesn't reach Last of Us 1 heights, does it? This is what I'm thinking early on, um, and even all the way towards the middle. And I'm thinking that, and I'm thinking, well, that it has to be two thumbs up. It has to be something less than that. But I now realize this is not a game that went for Last of Us 1. It was not reaching for the same height that Last of Us 1 was, despite the fact that in so many ways it has so many parallels and echoes and gameplay systems that have evolved. There's so much Last of Us in here, and yet this is an entirely different foreign thing. It's an entirely different beast. It's so much larger. It's so much different. Um, and it doesn't even try, in the grand scheme of things, to be Last of Us 1 again it doesn't mm -hmm. and so then in that context once those uh concepts started to crystallize my mind i realized that i wasn't looking at it the right way i was kept being like because i had a plenty of thoughts like you know if you kill joel this early um they're killing joel this early so that they can give space in the narrative for the dina ellie relationship which isn't landing for me personally and all of these flashback cutscenes are landing amazing with joel and i feel like they could have set up his death better and i feel like they didn't give time to mourn and i'm sitting there like going like i i really think they sidelined some of the most beautiful parts of last of us one and they sidelined even the zombies they don't seem to matter no one gives a fuck anymore all these things are happening um but again as you go on and play more of the game, it starts to really um, continually, every minute later, it just continues to show you what it actually is, what it wants to be. And if you, once you recognize it, once you see it for that, there's a real beauty, a real beauty. Um, and something that I can totally understand people would miss in the frustration. I see it because I had some of that frustration, because I, I wanted them to play it differently, and they didn't, and I now see what they were doing, and I now see all that, like I've said before, and so then it's taken me some time, and some discussions, and these podcasts have helped, and you know, even without the journal, uh, I feel <laughs> like this game is probably, I think it's a golden star, I think it's something that it's maybe it's the context of where we are in gaming or whatever like to me last of us one resonated maybe at a frequency super powerful and one that i enjoyed and this one resonated very strongly perhaps not in a frequency i enjoyed as much but it resonated so strongly it was stunning it was impressive um and all those moments where i'm like i don't know if this one landed as much as they want it didn't fucking matter man by the end 
it rang so true to what it wanted to be. It's it's stunning. So yeah, a golden star for me, for sure, for sure. This is this is something else. And I don't know if I want to say like you owe it to yourself to play this game or whatever, because I'm not sure if I would put that torture on people, but um this is an experience in gaming that is truly unique. Um and it's just I just oh my god. Oh my god. Um small sub note. Same, Same bro. <laughs> bro, you get him, you tell him. Remember when <laughs> I don't like but like I kind of feel like what you're feeling the same way that I feel reviewing where it's just like you 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 were trying to describe it in words and yet all you can do is just go like oh my god <laughs> like, yeah. like in a way this game is mm-hmm. indescribable yeah. Mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> it's yeah. indescribable pause like no for real though <laughs> no but it, but it, it totally is it's so massive in scale and because of that it's easy to get hung up on the things that maybe you think didn't get enough time or they didn't get enough whatever but it's like it, um, and maybe it's the way that it generously kills everyone that you love um, over and over and over again. But it gets to a point. Physically exact, or Exactly. Um, <laughs> exactly. But it, um, it sheds so much of its gargantuan nature. It, it, it is so large and it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller as things get tied up until it becomes a very personal story between these like two ladies right and their past and it sheds all that complexity and all that massiveness that was daunting all of us playing this game or at least me it was daunting the fuck out of me there's so many characters and oh my god naughty dog you're doing such a great job with all these characters but there's way too fucking many of them i can't i can't care like this um but it ends up so personal and and it and and it ends up so like slow and like methodical and beautiful in its ending, in its execution, after all is said and done, the peace after all the torment is so powerful. Like it, um, it's, it's, re- it's really quite a lasting effect. I mean, yeah, asterisk, like I've suffered and I think I still will as a result of this game. We've all joked about that, but it's real. I mean, like this game makes me want to cry. I'm not a particular crier. Elaine, don't tell him I cried. Um, so like, <laughs> <laughs> um but they already like, told him about the journal i know so. jesus christ um but it's like one of those things that i i just cannot tell you how much in my personal experience the end did to just cement what this thing is uh to the world and to me and so mm-hmm. like wow amazing um did you enjoy it did i enjoy it Hmm. is that hard (laughs) it's very hard so i would maybe say the same thing that i would probably say for many artsy movies did i enjoy the discussions afterwards yes did i destroy our podcast destroy what did i enjoy our podcasts (laughs) yes Freudian slip as i like forgot to edit like or like record like half that doesn't matter okay um but yes like i did i enjoy meeting here with all of you and talking about it definitely did i enjoy thinking about it yes did i enjoy avoiding spoilers online no did i enjoy watching reviews later no did i enjoy listening to anyone that i don't care about even remotely talk about this game no um did i enjoy playing it maybe not i might be willing to say no i might be willing to say no 
but I actually don't think I directly enjoy the actual aspect of watching an artsy movie either. It's it's enjoyment is not the goal. Mm-hmm. It's not the focus. The focus is actually the decryption period uh, and focus that your mind has to take when it's it's deciphering this information and trying to figure out what it means and where it's going and what it's doing. That is something that as a mechanism I enjoy. So maybe that way I enjoyed it. But did I enjoy playing the game when they're making me like almost kill people I like when I'm just ripping people's throats out and I'm hearing the noises of what only sounds like blood in someone's dying throat. Like, I, I'm i not sure. Um, but I actually think that's kind of the point and that's kind of the higher level of what this game is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the higher level of what this game is. And again, not for everyone, right? You made that point, Alina. Not for everyone. Totally agreed. And it's awkward for a mass market appeal game like this because it became mass market because, I mean, we're just we're so starved for big, powerful games right now. And um, they take so long to make. And you saw the credits list. For fuck's sake, it was like 90 pages. Oh, my mm-hmm. Like, God. these things are not easy <laughs> yeah. to do. Um, and so we're so starved as gamers that everybody wants to jump on the last of us bandwagon, even the people that don't even appreciate it because they just want to be part of something, this big event. Um, unfortunately, can I understand if this game was not for them? Yes, I can. But was it for me? Yes. Yes, it was. Okay, Elena. Okay. Um, okay. So I've written a, written a brief list because <laughs> as everyone was talking, I started to get very nervous. Yeah. Because I realized oh, yeah. also, <laughs> and Claire, maybe Sorry. you're feeling the same as we're making, forcing you to go <laughs> last, but um, part of it, I realized that, like, this game is important to me and it's important to me that I somehow, like, some like get that across a little bit mm-hmm. and so i wrote a brief list um i of... like it when <laughs> exactly let me now read you my bullet points it's like my character <laughs> no but I, exactly. I, I just didn't want to forget that some of the things that i thought were like the most um impactful about this game and i think maybe like the best word that i can think of to describe this game and how it ended up for me is impactful because I like McCoy, and maybe it's because we play together in an echo chamber where we don't talk to anybody else, and so we nice. bounce off of each other, and we, you know, become one one probably wrong opinion. Um, is that I struggled with the beginning of this game sure, as well. Me too. I was very worried, and not because I was mad about the story. I wasn't mad about a romance. I wasn't mad about, but I just it wasn't landing for me, and I felt like I. And I, I still, I'm curious. I don't want to play this game again. I'm not going to make McCoy do it. I'm certainly not going to play it myself. I know I won't survive playing any of those very brutal battles. But I'm curious to replay the first part because I still feel like in this game, I don't know that I want to say they did Ellie dirty. But for me, Ellie didn't land in the first part of this game. I didn't really understand her character or where I just, it just didn't click for me. And it, I, I think you can hear it in the first podcast where I'm like wondering about some of the gameplay decisions and the pacing wasn't landing and it just like wasn't clicking. But pretty much from the time that we started playing Abby on, I was in. And like for sure the last third of this game, meaning like the last 10 hours was a rare moment. McCoy describes the way my brain sounds during the day 
is just being a high-pitched screeching noise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just I, it's a, whoa. <laughs> that is my normal resting whoa. brain. Whoa. <laughs> no, I, I say it because it's very accurate. That's who I am as a person. My brain says ee just constantly. Okay, wow. For the last 10 hours of this game, like there was no E. There was just Last of Us 2, mm. which to me is impressive. Um, I was invested in the game. I wanted to know where the story was going. I under I thought I understood it, or at least I was like able to wrap my mind around it. And this game does some of the most impressive things I think I've ever seen a game do in terms of set pieces and some of the boss battles. Um, like that run through the burning, um, it's not a village, the burning yeah. town city yeah. thing. Yeah remains i think like one of the best things i've ever seen in gaming and it's something i think zoe was saying like if this is where gaming is heading and if this if last of us 2 can kind of stand as this pinnacle of gaming right now that everybody else has to try and touch like i'm excited about that because this game delivers on some of the best things i've ever seen in terms of just game set pieces on its own Hmm. but also in terms of just really terrifying, impactful, emotional, really hard-hitting moments in this game, while it didn't for the first half, or the first little part, the second half was insane. Mm -hmm. Like, when you're going through the hospital and you see that, like, incredibly disturbing heart, thing with the hole ripped out with all those things (gasps) all those creatures mashed together and you know there's a giant hole in it you know something came out of it that's one of the scariest moments i've ever seen in video games that shit hit hard (laughs) that whole boss boss battle i think this game has some of the most disturbing things i've ever seen in video games but for me it really worked in terms of the tone of the game and the impact they wanted it to have. And I know I've really harped on how like violent and disturbing the violence is in this game. And I don't love that. That's not, I don't play horror games. I don't like violent video games. Mm-hmm. I don't love that. But it worked so well for this game. And it made some of those battle scenes so disturbing and icky, but also so hard hitting that I like have to kind of give it to the game. Like that's, good that's good writing and it's well executed and then i think well not all the relationships and characters in the game hit for me again like i kind of i felt a little bit disconnected from ellie for the first half and i felt more connected to abby again i don't know what that says about me as a person Mm, i wonder the same things about myself (laughs) but um but the fact that we could all sit here together and talk about these characters like they are legitimate people for like three hours a week to me says that this is truly some pretty incredible writing in terms of characters and relationships and backstories and development and how much they make sense and how fully fledged they are and how we can sit here together, the four of us, and like talk about their possible motivations and disagree about what they were feeling in different moments. Like the fact that we just had a discussion about what we thought Ellie's feelings and thoughts were as she sat there crying in the ocean at the end to me says like they wrote that character so well that we all have Mm -hmm. been able to imagine and empathize with her enough to think well this is what is going on with her and the fact that we can have different opinions about that and they all kind of make sense and we can explain to each other like that to me says these these are incredibly well-written well-rounded characters um so i find that very impressive And then one thing that I've been thinking about 
that I still kind of, I don't, it's not a problem for me. But Last of Us 1 is like potentially what it's probably one of my favorite games of all time. It was what started me on video games. It's like what taught me that video games were something that was more than just like, I, I don't, it's not ping pong. What's the one with the little Pac-Man? Pac-Man. It's more than just Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that game, the black screens in that hit in a way that I have never felt again. And I, the, especially in the first half of this game, I was like, they're not, it's not working. And I think that's what made me so frantic about the beginning of this game is I was like, the black screens are not hitting me. They have to hit me. This is Last of Us. Like, that's what they do. And I still think the black screens in this game, the timing is a little bit off. I don't know if they're not long enough, but they never hit me in the same way. Not that I didn't have huge emotional impacts from this game up to then. Like some of the fight scenes, the fight scene between Ellie and um, Abby both times was like, emotionally a wrought moment for me but i will say that we sat as we finished this game Mm -hmm. we sat and didn't really say anything to each other and just watched the entire credit sequence Mm -hmm. and at one point it's like a couple songs in like you gotta wait for it Mm -hmm. they play the last of us one theme song Mm -hmm. and immediately it's like turn to me he's like are you okay because i was like just just tearing up a little bit and that that black screen as it's not really a black screen, but that extremely extended black screen hit for me in a way that like, I don't think I've ever had that response to a video game ever. Mm-hmm. I have never cried about a video game. Mm-hmm. I loved God of War. I was very sad a couple of times, but I did not cry. Like this, this game hits heights that I don't think people realize video games can hit. And I think it's part of what makes it so divisive. People don't realize this is a, this is not a normal video game, yeah. but the things that it does are so masterfully done and are so hard hitting and it takes you on such a it takes you on a journey in a way that I think really good pieces of like art and media do that I think you have to give it a gold star. I think it's interesting, McQuinn and I didn't discuss this ahead of time. No. I if you'd asked this a couple weeks ago, I didn't think this was gonna get a gold star from me. I, I was really it. worried about this game. No, I, I did not think it was gonna hit the last of the last of us one heights and like place in my heart. And it maybe still hasn't because maybe you always love your first love the most or something like that. But um, this game is really special and really incredible. And I think everyone should probably play it. It's really good in a way that's very unexpected. And you kind of have to trust it and let it take you where it wants to. But it nails it. And did you enjoy watching me play it? Oh, thank you so much. I'd like to read to you the dictionary.com definition of enjoyment. So the first enjoy, there's two definitions of enjoyment, which is why it's important. One, the state or process of taking pleasure in something. That one's a little bit questionable. Two, the action of possessing and benefiting from something. And I think that's where I land on on this game, is that I don't know that I loved every minute of this. I, for part of the first part of this game, I thought it was kind of just like, it was not grindy, but I was having trouble sitting down to play it. Definitely. There were parts of this that were terrifying. I screamed. I cried. Um, I felt things that I didn't want to feel. But I kind of, I hate artsy movies. I don't have the patience for them that McCoy does. So I won't compare it to an artsy movie. But this reminded me of like a really, really good book in that I could get into it totally. It took me on this journey and it like played with me and made me try and figure things out. And those are all things that I enjoy. 
even like being really scared or being really invested, like I find those would be enjoyable experiences. I like being emotionally invested in something. And so I think it's enjoyable in a somewhat non-traditional, but dictionary.com approved sense of the word. Hmm. <laughs> That's my take on wow. Last of Us. Wow. Two. Part two. Last of Us Part Two. Oh, and they also fucked with us in the name too. I know, Just so the way hard. they said it like that, bro. So hard. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> okay, Claire, did we do enough context for you? Do you feel like you understand what it is right. that you're gonna lay down here? The truth. I, I do. I don't know if I have so many. Well, it's good hard to go words. last. It's like just, just yeah. the depth of yeah. So I'll start. I'll start with my 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 rating. So I made it clear there are some parts of this game I really dislike and there are parts of this game that emotionally did not land for me I do believe it has a replay factor of zero <laughs> yes that's out of 10 I just the emotional impact that just you folks have said in your final reviews is just like it's who 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 would want to go through through that so willingly so soon. Um, and I think the the emotional efficacy of this game does impact the replayability factor, which I think is great. So despite those two things, I'm giving it my gold star. Um, and I'm gonna follow that up right away with what I think about, like, did you find it enjoyable? And I found that when I was the most emotionally invested in the characters, I did not find it enjoyable. I was distressed for a very, very large majority of this game. Not because I think there's some parts where if you lose sight to the of like the overall story, it can feel a little grindy. It's like I think especially with the gameplay differences between Ellie and Abby. Sometimes when I was playing as Abby, I could get into that zone of like, I'm a super man. I'm punching through people. I'm fucking people up. But when I was the most emotionally involved in the story, I'm like, I don't want, I, I don't want these characters to have to do these horrible things. And I, I, I echo the sentiment that other people have had that I have never been this emotionally affected by a game before in my life and that includes last of us part one which is top yep. tier in in my yep. heart type thing i i'm talking like days after i keep coming back to the story i'm replaying parts i'm like it it's it's i think the emotional impact this is a giant game we talked i talked about it last time where i said okay so last of us part one is uh a typical going out west to save the world story but it's a it's a larger story about grief and family and things like this and last of us part two just blows that out of the water as far as scope goes it is a large-scale story in um what it was trying to accomplish like it's a large scale story as in terms of the settings. See, you're in an entire city and you're just going through building by building. Um, large scale in terms of characters, there's a massive number of new characters and additional characters um, than what we knew in the first one. And yet the emotional impact of this came because they have a masterful touch and a masterful, masterful control over minimalism. And I'm always going to come back as the best example of this. The 
impact of that last cut scene with Ellie and Joel. And it, I don't know about you guys, but it knocked me on my ass. And it was one of those things where I, it, Felt like a way, in a way of like cauterizing a wound, I imagine. It's like you've got this ho- like horrible Joel-sized hole in your heart this entire fucking game. And you think that they parted on really shitty terms. And you have this final cut scene that its solitude was perfect. Its silence was like it was was perfect. It was just just such a deft touch I'm not accustomed to seeing in video games, which Austin wanted to just slap you in the face with, this is emotionally important, feel it, bitch, type thing. And it just let, it just let the, the scaffolding and the framework it's created in the first story and the second part do the heavy lifting for this part. And also, I mean, the voice acting and, the mocap acting it's just it really helped that scene as well but it was just for a scene that had very few lines of dialogue it hit so hard and really did color how I interpreted the rest of of the story in the plot um and so this is exactly why I said at the beginning of uh our first podcast for last of us part one it's like last of us ruin video games for me and this i this part just completely underlined for that it's like where else am i going to just be knocked on my ass from like a 30 second cut scene like that it's like the the level of care and the consistency they had with their characters and their story and they had they had a narrative and they committed to it and they made it work um it really made it so the frustrations that I had with um, different plot points or different characters and things like that, when put in comparison with these emotional moments, those frustrations just completely withered away. Um, I do think that I would have had a more, I, I would have had a deeper connection with Abby if Owen wasn't Owen. So I don't think. <laughs> no, it, it, it's funny. So down it's right funny. Now. It's just funny. Kicking him so I hard. Know. It's just, it's just one of those things. I'm like, I think, I can't overstate how much fucking Owen just soured me on that storyline. So it took us. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, yeah, that was a yeah. great yeah. scene. Really good work, guys. Oh my god, her facial expressions we during that were just ones that I did not want to I see. Think I, or I read honestly into. do think not miss the entire thing because I was so busy looking at you as trying you to pull had out a Snapchat. Meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> You motherfucker. Sorry. Yeah. Keep talking, I mean, it's... Where was I? All, all I can <laughs> say is that there is an wait, interesting wait. experience. I feel like we've all perhaps maybe even matured and grown just over the course of this experience. I mean, within our own lives, whatever that means for us. But just imagine, and I cannot help but think of this and laugh in my head, the uh, silence and the sort of emptiness after this game is done and you finally pull the PlayStation up and you pull up Assassin's Creed and how quaint it looks, right? Right. There's just, like, what else can do this? And it's like, I've really found as I'm trying to kind of find what game I want to play next and I've got this giant queue of games I haven't finished, I'm like, man, it's like, I don't want to fuck with any of you guys right now. It's like, I'm not, it's like, if you're not pulling this level of attention to detail and 
narrative and shit like that. I'm like, I don't have a lot of space for you. Um, so I think, yeah, just kind of, kind of pulling this in a little bit tighter. I think this was unlike any gaming experience I have had to this point. This is the first game in which I've had friends who have zero video game experience in their life. And they're like, I'm, got myself a PlayStation 4, I'm going to start playing The Last of Us. And to have that kind of, like, I don't know, ability to draw in people who have, to this point, seen gaming as like, okay, you know, playing Mario or Assassin's Creed or shit like that. And they're being like, no, this has, this is a real art form. This, this has something to contribute. Um, I think that's just something that we can't overstate. Um, and I think that's, I think everyone else kind of said what, what I wanted to say, but yeah, it's like, did I enjoy it? I don't even want to yeah. say I enjoyed it. It's like, I was, it was emotionally fraught. It was, especially towards the end of Ellie's part, like in Seattle, it's just like every person I killed, I'm like, you almost felt the weight of that. And you're just like, I'm pushing Ellie further away from the person I loved. <laughs> it's like, please don't make me feel that way about um, a collection of one and zeros on a TV screen. But for, to, 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 to draw that depth and intensity of emotion, not just for the time you're playing it, but for days and weeks afterwards, I think um, I, I think that's the sign of a good game. Yeah. I think... I heard this, and I would like to pause it to see if we can agree on it as a group. Okay. I heard from someone, I have no idea who, okay. uh, that this, that they had described this video game as being a flawed masterpiece. And I think to me, that like very much kind of sums up my feelings on this game. Like the, We've all talked about in our little mini reviews, like this game goes beyond anything we've ever seen games do before. It's a totally different Mm -hmm. experience and it's a masterpiece in so much of what it does and yet i think we all have there's there's flaws in it i mean of course it's a you know thing made by humans and i think we would all point maybe to different flaws right claire didn't hated hated owen and didn't really resonate with the abby arc right and yeah that's i think i think that at the end of the day that's the reason i didn't connect with Abby is because I didn't connect with her yeah, emotional and I driver. Think we all um, had things yeah. we maybe point to as flaws, as I think maybe every, anyone would. But I think at the end of the day, like this game is a masterpiece of something. It's yeah. it's out there. Well, so that's what I would hope people could take from it. And I think that's where the core of the frustration in my eyes comes from with the discussion online. If it's bad, is that I think it's almost undeniable that there are at least things that upset you, which A, some people just don't like to be upset, fair enough. But I think personally, I would say to me, there are undeniable flaws, but I can understand, although I don't appreciate it personally, but like I can understand when people stop there. But I think if you play this game the way I saw it, it's undeniable that it's also a masterpiece. That's the thing. It's undeniable mm -hmm. of all that stuff together. And so then you just sort of, once it's once it's traveled into masterpiece, it is what it is. You don't touch that. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't change that. It, it, that is what it is now. Like, um, I don't know. I was just thinking this whole time about, like, if some of the masterpieces that have been actually written, like, had had Twitter at that time and some motherfucker put out, like, an early draft and people were like, <laughs> I don't like the way that he keeps saying this one phrase over and over again. Like, oh, it's God. just like, no, no. 
once it reaches a certain level, you have to just take yourself out of this like whole design thing and just experience it for what it is. It for what it is. So I would say, yeah, undeniable masterpiece. Yikes. Yikes. I No, please. Oh, go ahead. I have a uh, hypothetical question sure. is it, for you Do folks. they make a Last of Us 3? It might take us into well, the Lena future. will not let people have the questions. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Fuck, no. anyway, I really thought I had that one. Keep going. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, but you're, you're on the right track. If they were to do a DLC oh, plus Last of Us 2, what would you want it to be? I was thinking that actually as you were describing your fan theory and wondering if that would be a DLC. I would love it. I think... The- trying going to yes. therapy in jackson yes. and trying to pick yes. Up. yes yes okay. i mean yes. i love it i love fixing communication i love healthy communication i love going to therapy you know i love that idea but i have a feeling people who like gameplay yeah. action would be like but no, that's, i that's, see them doing something like, like the bitch, aftermath every Tuesday and Thursday. for because i think too if they did a dlc my guess is they would want to jump between abby and ellie because they're both characters now in this yes. universe mm-hmm. i think they're both going to be yes um i think so i think i would i could see them doing um the aftermath of that fight so you could play abby as her and lev are escaping in the boat and there's probably some combat somewhere in there and you could do ellie as she is trying to get back to jackson and and i hope they don't do that and here's why okay um i actually thought towards the last third of this game which you know it's the thirds in the way that we split it up but it was generally like i don't know the last you know not like 10th of the game or something you know it was very uh short uh and sweet in comparison right maybe five hours as opposed to 12 or something but um i was at the point where and i love gameplay and i liked i liked a lot of the gameplay here but i was at the point where i felt i i wanted them to just play the story out Mm -hmm. and that's what i that's what i wanted more than anything that's the resolution i want so i actually if i again you know we're sitting here and once again i'm telling I'm not telling them this is what they have to do. I'm just telling you this is what I think would be cool. Uh, what if no combat, man? And I think they should even reference it in a cute little gameplay moment where she picks up a knife and someone tells her to put it down. You don't need that shit anymore. Like, I think you could do um, a almost, yeah, therapeutic. It doesn't have to be therapy for her, but just it probably is, but it's therapy for everyone. I mean, you could do uh, an experience, an interactive short movie that is just a healing wave over all the gamers. That's, that's a the dream. dream. It's a that little is, bit like the first, that like is the, the DLC dream. for one though too. I mean, because one I think has is kind of it's got a, it's a the first DLC left behind is it's kind of got two parts to it, right? It has the story part where we learn about mm-hmm. Ellie's relationship with I have totally forgotten her name. Thank Riley. you, Riley. Um, Riley, which has essentially no gameplay in it, and then you have the gameplay portion of Ellie getting supplies for Joel. And so I could see them doing a similar thing with this too, where they have you know a section that is just pure story and maybe a section yeah. that gets you some gameplay but like if we're yeah. talking about something that does yeah. things it, it breaks boundaries that you wouldn't expect out of games i think a really great thing to do is shed the violent gameplay in a yeah, final it's section such, it's such mm-hmm. a part of this game i mean i think i, I think I love the idea of kind of like a more narrative and this this game's broken a lot of conventions so I I don't think I think they could do that very well just a more narratively like forward facing healing process. I would mm-hmm. love that. I don't necessarily trust video game fans of like I like shooting in video games to be be jabbing with that. I think the thing I'd be afraid of 
is that because I'm a normal, healthy person who doesn't send death threats on Twitter, I so I've taken my my ending and I've made it the way I want. I think the scariest thing would be them to intentionally build upon that sure. and then just yeah. shoot oh, my definitely. half but by the way, face. Yeah. So it's almost like a self-defense oh, yes. of like, please don't well, fuck with I, what I've made. Go ahead, Zoe. So I... I'm I'm moving away from this, so actually go on. Well, I was going to say, and too, like, looking at what they did with the, the the other DLC they've put out for Last of Us 1, they didn't continue the story forward. They looked backwards, right? So we got kind of yeah. reflections back to a part of the story mm-hmm. that we hadn't seen before with Ellie getting supplies for Joel and just kind of filling in yeah. some gaps there and then learning about Ellie's backstory. So that would be my guess, too, for if they were to release a DLC for this game. My guess would be like a similarly either filling in gaps, which there are so many gaps in this game because they filled so much time and space. How the hell did they get Tommy right? back I mean, to Jackson? So, you could, you could pick <laughs> your moment of like, oh, how right, did they yeah. figure that shit out? Even just Dina and Ellie's yeah. journey from Jackson to Seattle. I like yeah. I was surprised. That could be some DLC. When we first yeah. started playing, I was surprised we didn't get to play that because the whole last of us one was that yeah. that's what the game was was your so i could see them letting you play that but i i would guess it'll be a look so backwards mine's like really more morbid oh, no. oh god <laughs> well not not really like i i i still have the same structure where i want it to be like a dual narrative one non-combative one combative but what i want it to be is uh, because after Abby discovers Owen and Mel's body, it kind of like time warps you to mm-hmm, the front of the cinema. Mm-hmm. I want there to be a DLC that is part of that journey to get to the cinema with Lev. Like Abby's in this rage right now. And Lev is just kind of like trying to figure out how he wants to like handle this on his own. And then it's like backstory into Lev's life. Cause I always found Yar and Lev's like backstory to be like, mm-hmm. it's, it's hinted at a lot, but also I would have liked to see like, I guess more of a cinematic approach to like their life. And if they could find some way of like, you know, maybe like the rage in Abby as he, as she's getting to the cinema, maybe matches the rage that his mom felt, you know, That's treating him or something mm-hmm. like something parallel like that, I think would be like, really I, cool <laughs> i don't think i'm willing to yeah. give up ellie I mean, in thing, that way but i think if you have a dlc you gotta I do have think ellie it's yeah. interesting because this game just because of the way it was written because of the size and scope of it and it has left itself a lot more open to dlc and to a lot of dlc mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. i think the first last of us was because it was a you know a journey and you kind of saw the whole thing for the most part there are gaps but this one does have a lot of places where I could see them plunking something in. And I also think they obviously left themselves really open to making another game if they want to. Um, I know there have been people who said, like, well, they can't make a Last of Us 3 now. And I'm like, what do you mean? And just because Joel's dead? Of course, of course they, they can. can. They, they can more yeah. now, perhaps, I, than I would, would be. I don't imagine. know. I don't know if they'll make one. Obviously, I don't think they'll make one soon. Um, but I think they left themselves very open to being able to make a lot of DLC that they could put into this and a, obviously another game. Certainly. It's, it's, it's so funny that I do want to go back to something that Claire said where she's like, I don't know if I want them to destroy the ending, like my mm-hmm. headcanon effectively and, and do this. And I actually think yeah. that brings me to this game entirely is that I think potentially for all of us from our last of us one headcanon, Mm -hmm. right? Like that is kind of what this game did. And we talked about that previously that this game didn't need to exist. And I think I'm willing to say that I can accept 
a world where this game was not made and I can accept the world where it is made too. Like, even though it did so much, so much damage to the happy ever after that I wanted and felt and was, was, was rolling with for so many years. That's, that's interesting. Cause I, I think weirdly enough, and it took me a while to get to this point where I think the ending of last of us one is so much more, um, for lack of a more specific term, more of a downer than the one to this one. Because with Last of Us 1, it's like Joel tells her that, like, yeah, I swear everything I said was true. But you can tell Ellie doesn't believe him. And I think if I personally followed my thought process from there, I'm seeing the relationship break up. I'm seeing only yeah. sadness. While in the second one, while undeniably physically has a much more depressing end of that uh, familial relationship, I do think it has that beautiful moment of reconciliation and acceptance and stuff yeah. like that. I, yeah, that's funny because I actually almost said something earlier that was the opposite of that, where I thought that Last of Us 1 had a happy ending. <laughs> okay. But now you said that, I completely disagree with myself. And I think you're right. Because I think that Last of Us 1's <laughs> ending, having remember when we both, when we all played it again, it had kind of like a foreboding feeling to it. You were like, ooh, that's not the truth. And Ellie's not yeah. going to like the truth. And like what happens next with that? Like it, it had a little bit of like a... Like a like a horror. What's that sound they make in horror movies? Like the eat 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 eat. That sound. Like that. This is my main head sound, I guess. But like it had kind of that feel to me. (laughs) Whereas this, I think that too does Uh have kind of a peaceful ending of like Abby and Lev sailing off into the horizon and Ellie walking into the forest and like whatever happens after that could be horrific. They could both be killed instantaneously, but. It has kind of a peaceful <laughs> feel to it instead of the... And let's talk about how the start menu changed. Yeah, At the beginning, the first that. time you played through, you got this stormy, dark boat thing. At the end, it's this sunrise yeah. with yeah. similar boat in Santa Barbara. And you're like, okay, it's like, surely I can't have a completely doom and gloom yeah, outlook of this ending. Because like... That's how you get hurt. Yeah, you know? <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> the words they're from coming a, for your advice characters. from Elena. Trust <laughs> nothing. That's how you get heart reasonable. Okay. Um, yeah, I will also when if you mention the start screen, I would also like to just we probably even said this for fuck's sake. It's we've put we many an hour in this I was game. about to bring it up. We did or did not. We did not. Oh, cool. There is a great parallel oh. or um, evocation of the Last of Us one start screen mm-hmm. with the window and the um, curtain. The beautiful yes. blowing curtains in this where you put Joel's guitar down. Right, right. That was yes. that was what, I don't know, it was interesting to me, like as much as impactful as Last of Us 2 was for me, the m- moment of this game that like really hit yeah. me emotionally is is the Last of Us one theme. That was like, yeah. and, the, and the, yeah. the guitar, like that, the, the reminiscence. Yeah. Of that Last of Us one um, loading screen, I was like, yeah. "Oh god!" If in any way possible, mm. that's full but I think circle. That's Joel. I mean, it's Joel because yeah. like Last of Us one is Joel's game, and so yeah. when they play that theme, it makes you sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think, Elena? This is just a question Same. for you. Um, do you think 
that you will have to, because I listened to the last, I used to listen to the last of us one theme when working a lot. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and this is, I open this up to anyone. I was asking Elena specifically because I know what she listens to, et cetera. Like, does this change your ability to listen to I this song? I never listened to the last of us one. Okay. Apparently, um, I don't know what you're listening to. <laughs> well, I, so you're right that I listen to a lot of video game soundtracks. Um, I don't listen to that one. I don't think I'll listen to this one, but not because of that. Not because the emotional problem, because it, because what Zoe said earlier, the combat music for this is fucking amazing. It's really good, yeah. but it's really sinister, yeah. and re- and I just know it would pop up. You know what I mean? Like you'd be listening to the peaceful music, you'd be feeling great yeah. and like typing on a computer, and then all of a sudden be walking in the house, being like, "Why am I so anxious, am I so yeah. anxious right now?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the song that plays before you've even opened the game, but like on my PlayStation, when you kind of hover over the icon, the song on the soundtrack that plays just when, like, it shows what Mm -hmm. trophies you've gotten and things like that, it fills me with such, like, a cold-blooded dread. I'm like, I am not fucking with the music in this game. First one, I will still listen to it 100%, but there is something so menacing. And not just about scary cold-blood If I have to hear... Take on me? Well, I'm going to burst into <laughs> tears in a motherfucking party, and that's going to be real uncomfortable for yeah. all of us. Same thing about Pearl Jam. I, Someone's no, just playing no. that shit at a fucking high school reunion or some trash, and it's like the fucking YouTube video, right? And they're all just like <laughs> dancing around with the fucking like stencils and shit, and you're just like, oh, God. They're like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, we've all tears. grown up. You're like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> So, wow. Okay, so then I would like to maybe potentially conclude on this uh, open invitation. I think there's one more experience left to be had in this franchise yet, and I only think there's one person of us strong enough to do it. Claire, if you ever play Last of Us 1 again, and you find that this game has recontextualized it, and you have some thoughts you want to put on a podcast somewhere, let us know. We'll put them in. I'll get out my trusty notebook with my charts, and I'll let you know. But until then, it has been... (laughs) So fantastic to have you. Thank you so much for joining us with this. Thank you for inviting me. I could talk about this for a very long time. And in fact, we did, and it was awesome. It was awesome. I'm so yeah. glad that yeah, we got it, 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 to... I think, like, I think that if McCoy and I live in our bubble, we would have ended up really liking this game. But talking to the two of you about it has been really fun and like really, I don't know, helped make it a full experience. Absolutely. I think it's a game that's meant to be Same. talked about. I agree. Exactly. And I think McCoy said it perfectly when we were talking about game reception and whatnot, but there is something valuable in being able to sit down and have a mature, varied discussion. Nuance. (laughs) Yeah, a mature, nuanced, varied discussion among Mm -hmm. peers that is, you know, non-judgmental and we're able to, you know, talk through things without resorting to death threats. Yay. So, hey. <laughs> You're thinking about sending death threat. No, no. Go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or writing to the tyranny of thumbs at gmail.com. No, no. Not with your death threat, no, but with something else. No, do not ask else. from the internet what you do not want to receive. Did you enjoy playing this game? What do you think the DLC will be? Like, subscribe, and write in. Thank you. Nailed it sure you're so welcome yeah but, i don't uh, know send uh <laughs> like a like a like an envelope full of cash to my p.o box <laughs> like what do we, we want them to do oh god yeah Hi. yeah
But anyway, right. until next time, everyone. Bye, guys. Take care. Take care. <laughs> and thank you. Go to therapy.